Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 233. I'm Dave and I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you going? Hello, Dave. Hello, everybody. Yeah, in the house uh, for the second time today, Rich and I recorded earlier uh, some Legion Outposts with Adam the Computer and we're back now on the main signal. So shout out to any Legionnaires who've come across. You're always welcome yeah, in the so time capsule. I, I special guested. You did, man. You did a good job. You did a good job. We enjoyed it having the third... The third chair in the room, as they say, um, you know, and uh, bouncing those opinions back third, and forth. Third umpire. And I, I, I again, let listeners and you know that I'm Dream Girl's my favourite. And mm-hmm. also brought up, it seems for the second time, Rich, about my idea about putting in current stories into the past collections. So just to sort of yes. make it nice and complicated. and did you like my the idea i had as well rich was putting in digitally on images on like walls and stuff that characters are going by so if you're reading like a superman story from a reprint of the 70s you know and you could put in images for other storylines from back in say the 60s on the wall like almost as graffiti you click on those you go into the Story from the '60s, that kind of stuff, sort of advertising uh, I do, I, comics. I don't mind links and all that, especially for digital. I'm just still yeah. against adding things in that weren't there. Yeah, I'm all for uh, it. Like art, like changing art or anything from sure. stuff that wasn't there. What do you? I mean, obviously they're not going to do my crazy thing. Um, they might put ads in there, but they're not going to do what I want, which is really to paint the walls. And in, I'm very specific. In Batman Cataclysm, I would like him to see the Bat God on the walls. If he could just do that, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd die happy. But um, what about like recolorizations and that kind of uh, Neil Adams stuff often gets retouched and it's very different from the original reprint, you know, or original kind of comic book to the the new version. What, how do you see that? Uh, look, I don't I don't mind retouching things if it's like to improve the color or you know uh, enhance it. I'm just against adding things that weren't there. Sure, George Lucas style, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Going in and and actually adding yeah, bits and stuff to make it connect. Well, I'm like, I'm against that. I mean, he he literally went to his films and would like put in you know new special effects well, and new scenes. But look, I mean, look. To be fair, as much as I don't like it, at least that is his work. Sure. You know, as I said, one of the reasons why I don't like doing it with other people's is because um, it's not your. You know what I mean? It's not yours. It's sure. not your art. That's a good point, actually. I I suppose, like, if we're talking about altering Justice League from the 70s, you know, Dick Dillon is long since gone. So whoever adds, if you start adding in new images and stuff, you're actually kind of disrupting his work from that came out at the time. Like, you know, it's kind of retouching, like you don't see someone retouching the Mona Lisa kind of thing, you know, going, you know. Oh, I'm I'm sure sure someone might, but... um... Sure. Uh, you know, because painters, uh, I mean, artwork does get retouched up from time to time because it, otherwise it can't last. Sure, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. it, it can't last forever, but but they're um, not putting in. Again, enough, not, they're not, they're not putting in like yeah, her sister. They're not, they're not changing her smile. Yeah, that's what or, I'm saying. Yeah, or adding a flower into her hair or anything like that. They are exactly. staying true to what it was. 
Yeah, and that would be that'd be a tough job, wouldn't it? If your if your job is to maintain the Mona Lisa, like in perfect condition, oh, must be a rewarding job though. If you're good at it, it must be a very rewarding job, especially when you're dealing with you know sure. uh, priceless art and all that history. When you when you say rewarding, do you mean financially or do you mean you know? You no, I just mean like rewarding. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you call it spiritually or <laughs> right. You know, I, I was like mentally or whatever. I don't know what they're paying these people. I mean, I was I was interested there for a second, which I thought you if you got access to the sort of what they're paying them. I'm sure they, they get paid well. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean you have to be the 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 skill level. Yes, uh, that you have to have to be that person. Oh God, no! You would you would definitely get paid well. Yeah. Do you think upwards of two hundred k? You know, if you oh, I would, I would imagine it depending on the job, yeah. I guess. Um, okay, interesting. I guess stuff. the more expensive uh, the painting, the more famous the painting, the more you, the, you get paid, I guess. Yeah, I like it, Rich. I like the way we, the direction we're going now. Turning to another matter, happy Batman Day to our listeners. September eighteen is Batman Day, obviously the celebration of the greatest hero of all time, and um, yeah, and. It's a very short debate on single <laughs> Doom. Um, I, I can say this: Comicsology are running a very extensive Batman sale, um, and you can really pick up a lot of good bargains. And I have done so previously. I, I own a lot of digital Batman just from just from their Batman sales. Um, and yeah, I, I, look, I honestly think they've got a fantastic amount of stuff. And I and I frankly think that um, Amazon should be doing more with the actual prices of the books. The actual, if they if they if they want to shift actual numbers of units beyond digital, start reducing some of the prices on the actual Batman line. And I, I reckon you absolutely get some amazing results. They're, they're happy to slash digital, well, slash on the on the main line, slash on the omnibuses, that kind of stuff. That's what I'm calling for, Rich. Do you like my my new? Uh, yeah. I don't know if they can. Can they? they can i mean i like, suppose unless they offer a discount to the no but i mean you don't really buy directly from dc you buy from shops that have bought it from dc so but i'm, I'm talking about amazon really up to them to i'm talking about sales. amazon i'm talking about amazon itself like amazon is a seller like you know they're they're slashing prices digitally like they're in comicsology um why not on batman day to encourage you know readers if that's what we're all so concerned about putting some of the collections out and, and like maybe halving the price of, of, you know, 50 of the Batman collections. I reckon you'd sell some comics that way. Just an idea, Rich. Just something I'm putting well, out there. I, mean, I, get, I, don't, I don't know if Amazon's interested in selling physical, though. Yeah. Well, they sell... Look, they all, they, they're already extremely competitive with physical product. Like, obviously, I mean, most... No, of but them, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they would prefer more people to go digital because they make more money that way. Sure. Yeah, well, look, they definitely are very aggressive digitally, and it is a good time to check out the Comixology sale and the Amazon sales for Batman because pretty much the whole line, you you can get nearly the whole line for 99 cents per issue or less, you know? Um, mm. So that's pretty good. Now, Richard, uh, we were having a discussion. What's the place called again? Comic Cron? Is it the sales place? Which does the Comic Run, yeah. I think they mainly do shipping, but uh, if they can get their hands on sales figures, they do post them. Well, I was doing a bit of investigation before the show on Comic Run, and uh, I wanted to, because we were having a discussion, um, it may have been offline, it was about Conan the Barbarian and how disappointed I am that the uh, title is being, quote, sunsetted by Marvel um, after Jim Zub's excellent arc 
and and I, just as I felt they were actually doing Conan properly. Um, but anyway, so I was I was wondering what the sales would be like on on Conan the Barbarian. Well, this is according to Comic Cron, the website, um, for the month of I, be, I believe this is the month of July, uh, twenty one. Uh, Conan the Barbarian twenty three, price tag three dollars ninety nine US. Uh, have a guess, Rich. How many thousand you think estimated units were I assume shipped? <coughs> have a guess. Um, and, and don't think too high either. <laughs> no, no, no. I was probably going to say twenty thousand. Sixteen thousand six hundred and sixty-two. Oh, okay. So that is so again not very not, low. not great. No, no, extremely low. I, I would so say. You know, like. Um, in comparison, like we did, Crush versus Crush and Lobo was twenty two thousand. Checkmate was mm. twenty four thousand. Uh, Walking Dead Deluxe, which is the recolored versions of Walking Dead, he's releasing those weekly. Uh, twenty five thousand. Iron Man twenty six and change. Um, you know, Captain America twenty eight thousand. This is an interesting site, and I mean, you get to the top of the tier. Obviously, it was Batman and something else was. Was was really high. Oh, I, I, it's always it's it's always Batman. Yes, but it, what X Men one, uh, X X because remember you know how they relaunched the X Men. Um, mm-hmm. uh, recently, well, X Men one was the was the top one for the month for two hundred and forty eight thousand. Uh, Moon Knight one was two hundred thirty five thousand. Um, Extreme Carnage Alpha one hundred twenty six thousand. Batman one hundred twenty five thousand, and obviously. That's Batman is the only one that wasn't a number one. So, uh, mm. you know, issue 110, Berserker, um, Sinister War, which is, I believe, the Marvel event, um, the Spider-Man event, 122,000, also number one. Berserker 4, 117,000, so very close to Batman. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting, mm. and it does tell you a lot about the market. Um, you know, like, it's... I mean, also, again, Star Wars Bounty Hunters, 82,000, that was a number two. Star Wars High Republic, 81,000. Star Wars Bounty Hunters, Jabba Hutt, Jabba of the Hutt, um, 78,000. So, you know, Spider-Man, 77,000. You know, it's it, it's kind of like you expect the numbers to be higher, but the people who are up the top, it's not a surprise. But when you go down to Conan sitting on 16,000, I mean, that hurts, doesn't it? It hurts to read. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as I said to you, the, the only reason I could think of them cancelling it and then bringing Aaron back for that uh, that different title is because it wasn't doing well enough to keep two titles going. Yes, maybe that yeah, maybe they've realized, you know, you know what will cannibalize our own audience um if we if we if, yeah. if we lead off with um with with two titles it could just bomb completely like that's a that's a bad state for Conan. I'm surprised um by that. And I guess I would like to know the I mean, can you get the sales data on the trade paperbacks as well is is that possible? Because um, I'd love to know how. The, um, how I think I know. think they do. Yeah, I'd love to know how those savage sort of Conan and Conan the Barbarian omnibuses how they sell because they're expensive items. You know, they're, they're they're big ticket items, but yeah, you know. But I mean, look. Unfortunately, don't forget that like it's great if a trade sells well, but that doesn't help them week to week. Um, sure. Uh, keeping the title afloat. So, look, I, I'm sure lots of books do well-ish in the trades um, because I think there are less and less people that are buying monthly comics. Well, don't they say, um, they've always said the trades are the gravy. 
so basically the idea is to cover the costs on the on the on the monthly releases and then you, you make the real money the mm. profit in the trades um it's interesting uh and, yeah but, and, but i mean you still wanted to do well monthly yeah yeah, but you know I mean, I mean the, the the barrier does means oh we'll sell really a lot more when it comes to the trade. But I think a vast amount of the comic book reading population now has switched to trades. Like I think it's, you know, I I, re- I really think that like a big big segment has have have made that shift. You know, like honestly. Oh yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I think that that's really happened. So you know, we'll keep an eye on this because it's interesting. Like it's it, I didn't realize you could even get this kind of data, and I and I'm aware that it's not you know. It's only US based, and you know it's probably a bit apoc- apocryphal. But I mean, it's something. It's a sales. No, but, but it gives you an idea. It yeah. gives you. It gives you a, a like. It, you don't get the full picture, but you get a picture. Yes. That gives you some of the details. And look, it, again, with Comicron, they can only go by what's released. But again, they can go by what's shipped. Yeah. And as I said, even if the shipping numbers are low, that tells you that a lot of comic stores and stuff are not ordering a lot of it yeah well i mean and they and like they would know if, if you're running a comic book store and you, you're ordering say three conan and you're not selling them well that tells you itself doesn't it um if mm. you're if you're ordering 50 and they all sell through quickly well you know there's demand um it would be very challenging to run a comic book store um you know just trying to sort of like steer through the tides know when to how much merchandising um, to order, you know, knowing that you could probably get beaten on price on Amazon on just about everything you sell in store, that's got to be a challenge, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, it would be it would be, it would be, be an interesting challenge to sort of be an accountant or something and look over the books. I'm not sure I'd want to deal with it on a week-to-week basis. Now, I've got some happy news. My Justice League Bronze Age Omnibus 3 finally arrived this week. I feel like I've personally hassled DC into this release, Richard. Um, I have been on their case for about two years. Uh, Dan DiDio apparently reportedly was against the use of the word Bronze Age um, and he felt it was an impediment to sales. Uh, sometimes I think that their own packaging is an impediment. I, I don't think... When I, look at, when I look at this Bronze Age omnibus, it... I'm not sure the colorization of the tan color actually helps them. I think they could go with a more exciting color scheme um, to sell these books. Because mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, you know, the cover of a of a comic book collection is important. They've got great artwork um, that's reminiscent. I believe it's new artwork, but it's very reminiscent of the '70s style of Dick Dillon. But I I don't like the tan color they put a, the wraparound tan they do on. I think it's a very boring sort of beige color. And I think that doesn't help them. And they persist in doing that on all their Bronze Age collections. And I'd, I'd point them to maybe change that. Give it a more dynamic colour scheme. I don't know. I get... It depends. I mean, I like it. Okay, well, you know. But I'm the guy in charge of marketing. Right? I like those. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I like those omnibuses with the Silver Age and the Bronze Age. I quite like the... You like I generally quite like the covers that they do. I, I like the, the comic book cover. I don't like the tan wraparound around it. That's what I don't like. I, I like the picture. Yeah, but, but I mean that that represents the bond, the bronze, so that you can you know uh, just by looking yeah. at your bookshelf, <laughs> what so. year it is. I suppose so. Um, but anyway, regardless, it's finally here. I'm extremely happy. I mean, I've been I was hassling Amazon. I was ha- hassling Australia Post. There were delays of getting here. Um, I, I was screwed on price. I got discounts. I, I basically was a very petulant consumer the entire way through. 
And at the end of the day, I'm I'm the one sitting smug in Signal HQ with, with my Bronze Age omnibus. So I guess the story is I'm a winner, Rich. Would you agree? Like when you wrap yes. it all up? When you wrap it all up at the end of the day. Now, I'm also happy to announce something, Richard, and you should take a lot of credit for this. Last episode, last Signal of Doom episode, which was Saga of the Super Sons, was our most popular ever episode of Signal of Doom. Um, and we do spike at times. Different weird, weird things spike us, but that was, by some measure, our most popular ever episode with the most engagement as well. Um, so, Richard, I mean, thank you very much for your contribution because, I mean, it was a team effort and we've, we've steered ourselves into a hit. As it feels. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, uh, props go to you for for steering the ship. So, sure. uh, sure, we, sure. We, we, we can say we both scored a, a century and oh, we're, we 100%. tip our, our, our caps to the, 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 the crowd. I mean, uh, with me, it's, you know, I try to be understated, but there's nothing understated about it my celebrations. You know? <laughs> like, when we bring up the double hundred uh, partnership, which is what it was, I mean, I'm sitting in the press box. You know what I mean? I'm proving a point to some of the people in the press. Um, you know, kind of like big antagonistic style, almost a little bit to the selectors themselves. Um, yeah, no, but I'm, I am very happy about that, Richard. So that was good. Now you have some news, Richard. You've been on the news trail of Conan the Barbarian. What is going on? Uh, well, I just found some news for you that uh, it looks like uh, Funcom mm. has um, fully acquired uh, Conan the Barbarian. So they now pretty much own the entire property. So you mean uh, like everything, the, not just computer games, you mean their, everything? No, no, they own the library of okay. books, cool. stories, movies, all that sort of stuff. Um, wow. I believe they are going to be making a new game going forward. Uh, obviously, the acquisition has not affected the things already in uh, development. It just means mm. that Funcom now own those developments. Cool. So, for example, Marvel licensing the Conan properties uh, remains the same. For example, uh, well, until the whenever the agreement expires, yes, yes and then yes. obviously they may have to renegotiate. Uh, renegotiate or something. But yes, cool. And I mean, and I think I frankly think Marvel maybe not doing such a great job with the ongoing, but definitely doing a good job with the reprints. Um, yeah, okay, that's interesting. And I mean, it also reading the news, it's not just Conan; it's it's all it's it's a whole stack of his properties. Uh, for example, I believe Cull the Conqueror. Uh, Sol- Solomon Kane mm-hmm. and others uh, are all being acquired by by Funcom, and so this was kind of properties worldwide. I believe was the um, was the previous company that owned it all, and what I believe happened is they bought that company. Um, it's called Trident. Yes, yeah, they um, they bought yeah they bought the company that basically owned Conan, so now they yeah they own and Funcom are the people Conan. who made <laughs> Funcom are the people who made Conan Exiles, aren't they? I believe. I believe they are a computer game uh, company. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So that's interesting. Um, what a weird game. I tried to play it, Rich, and I was just so confused by what was going on. Like, it really... It, I, I, did war- yeah, I did warn you. Yeah, I, 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 but I, it was just confusing. I was, like, walking around just going, what am I supposed to even be doing? Like, is there a point? Um, yeah, odd game, but... And apparently they're going to be making a game, supposedly early days, and who knows with game companies, that's going to include a whole stack of uh, Robert E. Howard characters, which they've acquired. Mm. Cotton's obviously the mm. biggest one. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it's interesting. I wonder if they'll do a deal with Dynamite, 
as well. Uh, I wonder how much Dynamite have to pay to license Red Sonja, you know? Because Dynamite Comics, um, you know, own Red Sonja, who's also... For, for, it's created by Roy, Roy Thomas, but it's based on a Robert E. Howard character. So it's interesting. He, he sort of did his own version of a character that had the same name. So I believe it's probably a slightly more complicated ownership of whoever owns that. But Dynamite definitely licensed that character, uh, comics, and have done so for you know quite some time, for upwards of 10 years. Mm. So interesting, interesting times, man, for, for Conan. I'm excited. And the Netflix show is still a go. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited by that. Um, yeah, so... No, I that's what I said. It hasn't affected that. So the Solomon Kane show that's in the works, the Conan uh, show that's in the works, it hasn't affected. That's all going. And again, the obviously the Marvel current uh, licenses going forward. But obviously going forward from here... Yeah they will be obviously hammering out any new arrangements or deals. Yeah, I think I think it's very interesting. By the way, I was looking at um, this sales chart and I, I saw one price point that just made me think really like, you know, you wonder why some of these comics don't sell sell well. It was a, um, I want to say it was, I'll, I'll find it here, I believe it was $9.99 was, was the price of the comic. Um, and I'm like, who mm-hmm. is going to pay? Like, for example, that June that we read, the price tag on that was seven dollars ninety nine. Remember, remember that June comic we yeah. read. Yeah. Like, and it's like, I'm sorry, yeah. that was yeah. not seven. Comics are getting expensive because, again, when when you have a lot more people, you can charge a little less. But right. when you are when you don't have the people, you got to charge more. It's yeah. if people. For all the people arguing comics are fine, fine. It's like, and then explain to me the prices because if you're doing yeah. well, if you've got you know, millions of fans and all that, you do not need to charge almost 10 bucks. Well, who's saying they're doing comic. so well? I mean, they're clearly not doing that. Oh, there's lots of people. I mean, there's oh. so many people who are saying comics are fine. You're, you, you are, you know, doom and gloom. And even some of the professionals like uh, right. Palmy, I didn't know that. They're like, oh, do- comics are fantastic. They're the best they've ever been. I'm just like, what the fuck are you smoking, man? Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 when I say fine, I, I like, mean in terms of sales, you know. Here's the thing, like, years ago, the chopping block for, like, where you were in the danger zone was below 40,000. Right, yeah. Right? If your comic was below 40,000, you, you could be safe, you know, maybe because you're doing 30, you're getting close to the 40, and so they're like, hey, let's sure. keep it, that's got the fan base. But that has dropped down to now 20. And I, and I believe, Tom DeFalco said this, uh, in the 80s, if you're below 100,000, you're in trouble at, at the big two. Yeah, that's yeah. my point, like, over the years, it's the, the, that line for what is uh, uh, fine mm. or good enough has has continuously dropped to the point where it's now you have to get below twenty thousand before they'll even consider like and uh, I, chopping you. Like I, I found you know. the comic Venom thirty five. It it sixteen thousand three hundred thirty orders. Get this nine dollars ninety nine US rich for Venom thirty five. Like I mean, honestly, really. Like, ripple. what a massive ripoff! Like that is that is mm. that is outrageous to me. Like nine ninety nine mm. for a for a fucking single? Are you kidding? And, and they wonder why it's selling sixteen thousand. Well, I can tell you that's way too high to price of Venom thirty five. I don't care what Donny Case was doing. You know, like well, okay, yeah. The, look, here is the argument, right? You don't want one customer buying one book a month. No, you want someone buying at least four or five. Titles a month, minimum. Minimum. I mean, you can't be glory. charging them almost ten bucks. 
like no one no one's got like necessarily 50 bucks yeah. to drop on on four to five comics a month that's not much of a hobby i mean, I remember, I mean you don't forget comics you, you read them in five minutes back in that glory days rich i was probably usually getting around monthly probably anywhere from five to seven probably about four from each i was probably getting about four titles from marvel and dc um can i be honest with you i was i was getting anywhere from five to seven a week wow just different titles right wow Oh well, yeah. I mean, you you were pretty. But again, it's, it was more value, but but it was also more value for money. I mean, if, yeah. if it's costing me three, four bucks, yeah, get a comic. I'm happy to drop a hundred bucks a month on comics because I'm getting, yeah, you know, uh, twenty t- between twenty and forty comics depending on the price a month, and that's fine. I'm happy. But you you want me to drop that same amount, but only get maybe ten comics a month now for that same price yeah, for I that hundred bucks? Crazy. No ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's an industry. The American comic book industry is is a weird bubble, um, and and the way mm-hmm. that they the way they navigate through it is they just keep raising the price. That's the only way that they've managed to even you know remain a factor. Um, and they've you know not not alienated is not the right word. I think they've priced out a lot of the potential consumers. I honestly do. I I, I think. Forget about content. I just think price for what you get. I think they've actually turned a lot of like kids away because of that. Mm. You know, nothing to do with. Forget about content. Forget about any of that. I, I just think a lot of people just say it's too much money for too little product. Um, like mm-hmm. for example, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I believe I picked that game up for sixty nine dollars. Okay, Australian, and I have gotten so many hours of enjoyment out of that game. Now, I'm just using it as an mm. example. I'm not saying it's a perfect game. I agree it can be repetitive, but at the end of the day, I'm getting so much value for money out of it that really, you know, it's it's actually a really good buy. Uh, and you're telling me that fucking Donny Cates and his fucking band of yahoos want to, want to charge $9.99 US, which is probably going to retail in... Australia for about fifteen bucks. I bet you any money. In mm. fact, let's do a let's well, do a live check right now. How much that book sells for at in in Australian comic book stores? Because I bet you it's going to be. My prediction is it's going to well, be around fifteen dollars. But this, but this as I said, this is why um, manga sells so well mm. and is 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 actually getting the young market is because manga is fifteen dollars, right? Yeah. For uh, for a book, mm-hmm. uh, for a chapter, whatever you want to call it. But that has like two hundred pages in it. Yeah. Yeah, fifteen dollars well, for two hundred pages for for people who are young, maybe don't have like fuck ton of money. That's sure, a bargain. Yeah. Well, uh, here or it you is. Rich. Pay ten dollars for thirty pages. Well, uh, who would do that? I'm bringing this up now. I won't mention the store, but it's a major Australian comic book store. Eighteen ninety five for Venom thirty five, Australian. Oh. Eighteen ninety five. That's eighteen dollars ninety five cents. For a single issue of a comic, Venom thirty fucking five. Like, I mean, why? <laughs> like... Uh, it's, uh, again, they they are they are um, they really trying to hit the pockets of their of their uh, deep collectors. And a million, you know, their a million collectors will pay them. And it, there's a million variant covers as well. There's it's like variant oh, cover after variant cover. Can, can I just say, Marvel is Marvel does almost thirty variant covers for almost every book. Right. Like uh, there, there's some there's some books that are number one or something that literally have twenty wow. um, variant covers. It's ridiculous the amount of variant covers that 
Especially, I mean, DC started uh, it, it is not as bad, but Marvel is the worst when it comes to the variant covers they offer per book. Interesting, isn't it? Well, I mean, listeners, if you're out there listening and you are buying like still singles, let let us know like what you think of this whole price shenanigans affair. And, and clearly, I, I I really don't see an end in sight because Marvel and DC have been in this arms race for a long time. Um, and they've obviously failed to bring in new readers, and they're just sort of cannibalizing whatever's left. It's it's it's. Oh god, yeah, they are the ground in the old any old god that have stayed. Yeah, um, yes. Now, yeah, you really want to have a decent job, and not too many other commitments to be a hardcore comic book collector of the newer stuff. Like I, I buy a lot, I buy trades and hard covers, and, and frankly, I feel I get a reasonably good investment of money like i get them off amazon most of the time i get I, I i'm not normally too worried about the price you know i take my time but the single market it's 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 gone a bit nuts and by the same token i still think that they could uh decrease some of the prices of the hard covers at times to encourage new readers but you know yeah i, I that's crazy 1895 for an issue of um fucking venom no thanks um now why the last man so richard I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you don't often make an error, Rich, but you made an error this week. You forgot to watch Why the Last Band. I didn't remind you. That I, well. I had a busy week and I did completely forget you. That's okay. But but anyway, I will happily say this. Uh, it's very enjoyable. I think it's very true to the spirit of the book in the best sense where it's not like it's just repeating the book, but it's got the, the same tone. The feel was good. I liked all the, the actor and actresses. Everyone seems to be doing a good job. I really like Diane Lane as the president, his mother. Uh, the guy's good. Um, uh, Agent, is it Agent 31 or 35? I always forget, but whatever her designation is, she's good. Um, Michelle watched it with me, and, yeah, she really enjoyed it. It's going to be a couple show. The first three episodes were on Hulu, and I believe it's then going to be weekly from then on. And, actually, while I'm talking, I'll bring up however many episodes they're meant to be. I've got a feeling like it might be a... A 12-parter for the first season. I was going to say, I'm sure it'll only be like 10 or 12. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that'll be for the first season. Maybe even eight. (laughs) I hope it's it's more than eight. Uh, Well, it looks like it's going to at least be nine. Um, So let's have a look here. No, you're right, Rich. Seven episodes. I don't know why it was doing episode nine. So seven episodes um, for the first season. Uh, it's hilarious to me in the in the digital age, in the streaming age, mm-hmm. what constitutes a season these days. Well, there've always been shows that have fewer se- fewer episodes. You know. Uh, look, I, I'm used to British shows tending to have weird numbers. Sometimes a season could only be four or five yeah. episodes. But but let's be honest, American TV has always been. Um, I guess because they were going for the syndication. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, it's like twenty, a minimum of like twenty episodes, unless it's a half season or a show that's getting sure. not picked up or something. They've, they've but, changed the model. They've changed the model. This is true. But what yeah. I'm saying, yeah, it's so weird to me that the norm now is ten maximum. Yeah, it's like eight to ten maximum is a is a season now. Yeah, uh, unless you're talking about a sitcom that's on the major networks, that's still a lot of episodes. You know. Uh, on the major networks, yes, yeah. but I mean uh, the sitcoms that they do specifically for, like, say, Stan or Netflix or whatever, mm. they also are only like twelve, fifteen episodes as well. They also shortened as well. Yeah, true. Um, I want to say Oliver Oliver Thurby, who famously played Judge Anderson in Dread, is very good as Yorick's sister as well, and it's Agent uh, Three Five Five. Um, 
that's the agent who's Yorick's bodyguard. And she's good, actually. So, all in all, I, I want to really recommend this show. I, I, I really... Uh, I love the um, actual... Uh, how can I say... Uh, you know, comic book. Uh, I loved it. And uh, something else in here... Um, so, so this is interesting. Um, trans men survive. So the in essence, the um, the concept of the uh, comic, for those who don't know, was basically some mysterious virus sweeps the world and all the men die, apart from Yorick and his um, monkey Ambersand. So all the male of every species dies. Um, but there are trans characters in this as well. Oh. So, oh dear. Um, yeah. So they're they're in the first they're in they're in the first um, couple of episodes. Uh, so it's interesting, uh, and I think it's an interesting subplot as well. Um, I'm not a hundred. <laughs> look, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm not. The showrunners specified that trans women with Y chromosomes also died. Um. But trans men survived due to not having Y chromosomes. Sounds like a landmine went in to go off. <laughs> yeah, to, had to tiptoe around it a little bit, don't you think? Uh, anyway, regardless, it's it's a very good show. I, I, I very much enjoyed it. I'd be interested to see what you think of it, Rich. Um, if you like Walking Dead, I think it's it's similar ground uh, to, to oh, that. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, look, I mean, who knows? But, I mean, Walking Dead's a show that has outlived its it's sort of like usefulness or it's run out of almost anything to say now. Um, those of us who are still watching feel like the zombies just trudging down the road. <laughs> you, are, you are the walking dead. We are the, and sadly enough, they said that in the show at one point. We are the walking dead. And I was just like, oh my God, this show has just so jumped the shark so many times. Like, um, <laughs> like this this show makes a mockery of that saying because it's it's so like, feeble in so many ways, like, so many episodes. You watch an episode of The Walking Dead and go, did anything at all interesting happen? Like, what actually was that episode about? It was, you know, it's an odd show, man. Like, I guess it's, I guess it's got just enough of an audience to keep limping along, but, like, it really, it almost feels... If, you, if someone said to me tomorrow, we're shutting down all The Walking Dead, every fucking spin-off, I, I, I'd be like, you know what, there could be a mercy killing... <laughs> like, like, uh, like, I don't think the fan base is gonna erupt with like, oh no, please no. I think the fan base is like, we're fairly sick of this too now, you know. <laughs> like, um, well, I mean, look, I, I take my hat off to you because you went so so far. I was, I was over that show by the first season. So. I, I've Michelle and I have kept going. We, we've watched all of Fear the Walking Dead, um, and we which also suffers the same problem, but it has probably is better. Than, it's better than the regular show now. But that's only because the regular show sucks so much. It's not like Fear the Walking Dead. That, it's not like Fear the Walking Dead's that great. You know, the regular show now is generally about a three to three point five out of ten. Fear the Walking Dead's probably a five. You know, like they're not they're not great. Um, I, I just hope that Rick and Michonne come back uh, for the movies, like because I'd be interested in that. I, I can't believe they haven't gotten Rick back for the final season. You know, like honestly, and, and the fact they've lost Michonne as well uh, also really hurts them frankly. Um, now, some clarification on Batman Venom storyline from me. I believe I made an erroneous comment. Uh, now, my memory of Venom was 
that I believe when I was thinking about it, that Batman is trying to rescue a girl from drowning and she's trapped under a rock or something and he can't, physically he can't um, do it. He just doesn't have the strength. So mm. she dies and that's what makes Bruce take Venom, which, which is basically like a massive steroid. You know, it's what Bane, like, guzzles. Um, and that's why Bruce takes <laughs> the, the, ven- the Venom because, like, he's so sort of, um, you know, ashamed, really, that he couldn't physically do, like, a Superman and, and save this girl, like, just due to a lack of strength. And then he, he kicks the drug. And I'm not sure if this is... Maybe it's before Bane? I'm not sure, actually. No, I, I don't think it is. I, I think... That's actually a good question. Uh, would have been right around the same time period where Denio Neal, he did this storyline with Venom, I guess maybe it was right around the same time that that, that Chuck and Graham Nolan created Bane. Um, but interesting, it's it's all around the same time. So, yeah, but it's a really interesting well, story. Well, some people don't like to see their heroes make mistakes, though. Yeah. Well, um, we will d- definitely do it. I, I, we will bring up Venom on a on a on a soon to come uh, signal episode. There's a couple of Legends of the Dark Knight storylines I want to do. Going Sane by uh, James DeMatteis as well. But I think, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think you'd enjoy it. Have you read Venom, Rich? Have the Batman story? Oh God, I don't think so. It's good. It's, it's, a, it, it's like a four part. It's like a four parter in Legends of the Dark Knight. I, I think you'd enjoy it. It's a, it's a good read. Um, yeah. So then we had um, some interesting stuff. We we had the Matrix trailer, which we actually covered last week, didn't we, Rich? Because we I put that up at the front of the mm. show. I was going to have Tasha on, but she's been ill. Um, I was going to have her comment on it. I've been getting a lot of feedback on Signal of Doom. A lot of people are pretty pumped for it, Rich, but um, I know James, Michelle's cousin out there, hello, James, uh, he's saying he fears it's a cash grab, and I think he might be right. You know, he's, he's pretty cynical. <laughs> when, I, when I saw old uh, Neo and, and old Trinity, I was just like, oh, God, this looks like, look at the old people in this movie, and I'm just like, I don't know. It doesn't fill me with anything. Right, other than maybe disappointment, Rich, from the sounds of that. <laughs> no, not like not. It fills me with literally nothing. Apathy. Apathy. When I, when I look at it, I just feel right. nothing. You're just staring into the abyss. I love it. I love it, Rich. Just a fucking gun in the mouth, staring into the abyss. Like, what's he? What's Rich gonna do? Who knows? It's, it's like that. It's it's like wearing the. It's it's it's. You know when they say that it's wearing the the, the skin suit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, that's what it is. When I watch that trailer, it's like, I know this is supposed to be the Matrix, but I feel like it's something wearing the Matrix's skin. It'd be funny. But it's if, not really the Matrix. It'd be funny if they did, like, uh, subliminal advertising, and, and, like, when the titles are coming up, they start pumping in, like, this is a cash grab, this is a cash grab, consume, 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 like, you know, <laughs> f- flicker it up, like, really fast in, in between, like, the, the, the camera. Um, the digital image, that'd be cool if they could do some sort of like, you know, and people come out all fucking like brain wiped and stuff, like consume, 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 bye, bye, bye. Um, it already happens today, so. It already happens, but like, let's, let's take it up a notch kind of thing. Um, now, Adam, the computer, uh, basically uncovered some news during this week. The big rumor, Richard, is that Venom 2 has a crazy post credit scene, and Sony actually retweeted a guy who's seen the movie saying, you've got to get ready for this crazy scene, this post credit scene in Venom 2. It'll blow you away. Sony retweeted that, seeming to endorse what he's saying. 
a lot of people are saying which is Peter Parker. Uh, Adam the Computer also put up the possibility of Craven. What do you think? Uh, I think it could be a lie and Sony's right. retweeting that to get people to watch the movie. <laughs> wow. Wow. Like, we'll just put it out there. Like, we didn't say it. This guy said it. We just retweeted it. I like it. So you're he a bit say cynical. It was true. Yeah, I see what you're saying. They're just trying to pump well, some hate the, onto it. The problem is, is I don't, I don't, I believe that there is an end credit scene. I just don't, but, do you remember when they were carrying on with the, the, the Scarlet Witch? Vaguely, yeah. And they were like, oh my God, wait till you see the cameo. It's going to be even better than the young Luke Skywalker from the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? It's like, it's that good. And it's like, yeah. and then it wasn't. It no. was it was nothing. And so that's my that's my concern is that they may consider it to be something big. Yeah. But it could just be something like where you go, oh, oh, is that it? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it could it, it could be huge. Or it could also just be like they think it's huge and it's really not. Oh yeah. Or and they're trying to make you think it's going to be huge as well. Like you know. Exactly. Exactly. That's why. I mean, if you think about it, Sony can turn and say we didn't say it was. We just retweeted someone who speculated or. Or said it was. We were just, yeah, good point. You know, They're sort of trying, trying to heat a, heat a fucking lukewarm meal. Um, also, the Hawkeye trailer. I, I've got to be honest, I wasn't a massive fan of the Hawkeye trailer. Uh, oh, God. God, that show looks so fucking boring. I like, I, I don't know, I just... Another boring shit that you're going to make me watch. Well, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I'm going to watch it, but my expectations, I wasn't filled with joy. But I do like Kate Bishop. As a character, so if that actress, that actress seemed to have a bit of spunk to her, so maybe she can. Because I thought Kate Bishop was one of the best characters in Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run. I thought she was an excellent character. Um, you you don't agree, Rich? I find it particularly bland and annoying. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, and I'm sure she will be in the show as well. Well, she's not really bland. She's kind of snarky and stuff, but she's kind of amusing, I find. Like, I, w- I wouldn't call it boring. Um, but anyway. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just find that boring. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, Disney uh, said today boo the rest of their movies on a 2021 schedule in theatres only. This decision comes after Marvel Studios Shang-Chi nearly made, uh, made nearly $100 million on its opening weekend. So Disney have decided to not do same-day release on Disney+, Plus, which I think is probably a mistake long-term, but uh, that's what they've decided. Um, where are you on this, oh, I feel like they've probably been forced into that, though. You think the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit and all that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I think, look, to be fair, I, I think they've been... Anytime they've done it, they've received a fair bit of pushback mm. uh, yeah. by everyone. So I'll be honest with you, I'm, I, they're probably just like, you know what, just whatever. It'll come there eventually. Yeah, just fucking put it, just put it out there, and you know what? If it's not doing particularly well, we'll just uh, expedite it to. Um, yeah, no, you could uh, be right. Disney Plus. You could be right, Richard. It just could be almost easier to to sort of not have to put up with the level of scrutiny that they were getting. Well, put it this way: there hasn't been a single actor or director or anyone that has been like, "Yeah, this is the future," or. Look, this is what they have to do. Every single one of them have bemoaned and decried mm. a, a company trying to make money. <laughs> yeah. True, true. Uh, I you also know. want to mention uh, on HBO Max now, Cry Macho, the new Clint Eastwood movie, is now available. 
I believe it only just it just hit and it's streaming through to October 17. So that's the new one that he's directing and acting in, Rich. I believe he's about 91, mm. 92 years of age now, and I'm I'm going to be watching this maybe tonight after the show. I you know I love Clint Eastwood, man. I can't get enough of it. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting because I think HBO Warner Brothers is still going to be doing same day release. Mm. It's going to be interesting because I, I guess the way to see it is like. If someone's paying you ten dollars a month or fifteen dollars a month, mm. I mean that's guaranteed money per month mm-hmm. if you can keep them subscribed to your uh, to your streaming service. Whereas yeah. when you release a movie, that's a gamble. Mm. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean. It could do well. It could it could exceed expectations and make you millions of dollars, or it could literally bomb, mm. and you actually lose money. So I don't know. It's I, I don't have the answers for that. I mean. Um, but as I said, it's not like anyone sort of helped them make make it a success. They've all oh, they've yeah. all bitched and moaned about that. So hundred percent. And we've actually got a news item which I'll bring up here, which is related to this. Uh, apparently, the conclusion of Game of Thrones it cost HBO half of its adult viewers, um, according to a recent review of television in twenty twenty. Um, basically, HBO lost fifty one percent of its adult audiences, ages eighteen to forty nine. Uh, the significant drop in audience has been attributed to the conclusion of Game of Thrones, which has not yet seen a replacement. Uh, the show drew an increasingly large audience and broke numerous records, culminating in an average of approximately 20, 12 million viewers by season 8. So, that's interesting. I mean, it was a water cooler show in an age when it's very, very hard to have a water cooler show. It was one. Um, one of the most successful of all time. And uh, it did peter to an end, but... As often happens with those kind of things, its viewing numbers were its highest at a ten point, and then people have left the service. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mean, I, th- I think that's a danger of a show becoming a water cooler or such a, 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 a almost like an overnight phenomenon is that you tend to get a bit uh, maybe high on your own supply. Sure. Um, and so you you feel like any decision you make, the fans will love or you know, that you can take it in any direction or something, but uh, they learnt the hard way that uh, you can't. Well, it, it maintained an, its audience base until the end, and then it, it's been slashed. Well, uh, until they deviated from, uh, fully deviated from the books, or, oh, yeah, or created their what, own ending. Yeah, what I'm saying is it was very unpopular that final season, but it was also their highest rated season. So after that ended, that's when people left the service. So people left the service right yeah. after that show ended. So it's interesting. Well, I mean, to be fair, their, their subscription may have renewed at the start of that month, and so they couldn't mm. unsubscribe. You know, well, their unsubscription wouldn't count till their next Berlin cycle or something, so who knows in terms of, like, oh, when yeah. they actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people were hanging in there till the very end, because if you recall, it was the very last episode, which was incredibly poor. Like, it wasn't a great season overall, but, like, by the the last episode was like, wow, that was it? Like, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I heard rumblings pretty much the entire season. Oh, for sure. People I know who did watch. We, we, we were doing like, Throne Talk. We were doing Throne like, Talk. It's not good. I'm not enjoying this. We were doing Throne Talk on, on Signal, and it was tough to find some positives at times, you know? Like, it was just a very boring season. Uh, it was that paid off everything really badly. But anyway, so we'll keep an eye on that. Now, some big news. Judge Dredd is definitely in Call of Duty. This was, this was according to data miners, but now um, it has been confirmed by Rebellion. He's in Call of Duty Warzone and Call of Duty 
Black Ops Cold War, which I've got actually, and I'm downloading again, so I can play as Judge Red. How cool is that? Huh, I'm fucking. Oh, well, I mean, you'll play. You'll you'll be playing as Judge Red's hands. Yeah, but you still get to see him in the cut images and stuff. It's pretty cool that Judge Red's coming into this world. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, you know, they, they. I don't know. I mean, is it, is it, what, is he actually going to have the law, uh, what's it, the law? I believe so, and he's got a shotgun what's that, what's as well. What's the gun called again? Uh, Lawgiver, yeah. I don't know. I'm, Lawgiver, I'm, I don't know. Is he going to run around with an AK-47 or like what's. No, would you, I think what, he's what got like, I think he's got like a sniper rifle, um, and he, I think he's got the Lawgiver, hmm. yeah. I mean, Judge does carry on his Lawmaster. I mean, I, I, I would I would prefer a Judge Dredd game. But, oh, so would I. I so would I. But I'm taking what I can get at this point, Rich. Um, now, You're not getting much, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. Uh, now, this comes from Pete at work. Anthony Mackie will star in Twisted Metal, a live-action TV show based on the PlayStation franchise. Uh, the, twi- the New Captain America... Signed a deal to play the lead role of John Doe. Uh, he'll play the titular ring of a post-apocalyptic vehicular combat filled with evil clowns and killers in hopes of seeing his greatest wish come true. In the original video game franchise, John Doe is a fast-talking, smart-alecky milkman with no recollection of where he came from who gets the opportunity of a lifetime when told his greatest wish can be granted. All he has to do is deliver a package and his dreams of fulfilling a better life will be fulfilled uh it's never that easy though as doe must deliver it across a wasteland of destruction with savages and an iconic deranged clown and ice cream truck hunting him down uh mackie will have his work cut out for him battling the character known as sweet tooth for his chance at finding community i've never heard of this video game rich have you um it sounds insane oh yeah yeah uh, I was never into it but i do know it uh, had at least a couple of sequels right okay was it big like you, you it's know. it's basically just it's it's a it's a car carnage, right? Uh, destruction derby race game. It's it's that's all right. You know, it's just weird people, weird trucks, and right. vehicles that just kick the shit out of each other on a track. Love it. Okay, and uh, so Anthony Mackie has has come to that one. So now I've got a piece of news which that puzzles me still. Apparently. Phoebe Waller-Bridge will reportedly become the Indiana Jones' franchise's new lead. Like, I assume playing the daughter or something, Rich, do you think? Don't know. Couldn't get me to care. Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm puzzled by the by the actual story, which... which brought... uh, for her to be his daughter, that, I don't know. Didn't, I mean, didn't he have only a son? Or did he did he impregnate a different woman as well in his adventures? Well, he might have, you know, it's possible. Um, Eighty five, she was born, so she's mid to late thirties. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just don't. I'm looking at her. I, I don't really know much about her. I know the name. That's it. Um, what What is she famous for, Rich? Like, has she done no something? Idea. Yeah, well, it's got to be something she's done that is. She's apparently was. I think she, I think she did the voice for that annoying uh, robot in the, the the solo Star Wars story. Right. Oh, okay. The robot that was um, Lando. That's the robot. only thing I think I know her from, and that's she and was that, in Fleabag. Was she was in Fleabag. That's what she's famous for. I knew she'd done something like this. Fleabag's quite a popular show. I've, I've never, never watched it. it. I've never watched it, but apparently, yeah, that, uh, that never that's, even heard of it. 
that's her claim to fame, basically. She was also in Broadchurch. Um, I, look, I mean, honestly, I haven't seen her in anything to really make an opinion about it, but it's it feels like a left-field choice to me, and I kind of say I'm not exactly excited by that choice, you know? I, like, if you said to me yeah. they're, they're retiring the franchise with Harrison Ford after this one, I, I'd probably be okay, really, I, you know? I think, you know, that'll be the fifth movie. Um, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Dave. There's only been three movies. <laughs> they retired a long time ago. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hate Crystal Skull that much. I mean, like, I enjoyed it for what it was. It wasn't great, but uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, Matt Wagner's Grendel comic book series is coming to Netflix, Rich. Now, I know Ray from Into the Night and Last Sons of Krypton is very high on the Grendel supply. Have you heard of this, Rich? Uh, I know of the character, but I didn't know that he uh, was given a show. Yes, it's just been announced. And, and believe you me, Ray is chomping at the bit. I've, I, I, he's more excited than I've ever seen him. It's almost like you think Ray was working on the show. He's, <laughs> he's ready to start writing episodes and delivering drafts. Um, yeah, really. Sounded like he was, you know, really, really... I've, I've, Honestly, well, go ahead. I was going to say, for him, then I hope that they do it justice and don't fuck it up. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, it's not nice when that happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be a mixed bag, you know, but I, I guess Grendel is very much a cult classic, you know, um, and, I mean, I'm very happy for Matt Wagner that, that basically one of his creations, his most popular creations, and one that's associated with him is getting, getting a run on Netflix. So, I mean, I'll check oh, it out for no. sure. I mean, no, no offense, because I know he's been this character's been around for a long time. But let's be honest, all the streaming services are literally looking for any comic property at yeah, the moment, for like sure. anything that's even remotely successful as name or whatever. I guarantee they they are scouring through the oh, for the, sure. um, yeah. the library. Yeah, for sure, man. That's that's a hundred percent right. Uh, in an act that sounds like a real life version of Jurassic Park. Bioscience and genetics company Colossal recently announced it has raised $15 million to bring the woolly mammoth back to life. Uh, I thought this was just Jurassic <laughs> Park all over again. I'd love to see a mammoth in real life. Wouldn't you, Richard? Look, surely it's possible. If, if, if they found carcasses... Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess. Wouldn't it literally just be a hairy elephant? Well, but they're bigger as I've well. i plenty mammoth. of elephants. They're bigger than an elephant, though, dude. The mammoths. Yeah, but I mean, my point is, it's not like it's so vastly that different. Oh, but come on! Uh, imagine seeing a creature from a different age. Imagine seeing a creature from a different age rolling around. I mean, then we're going to get dinosaurs, what? hopefully. I, I hope so. I'd love to see a few pterodactyls, a T Rex, a mammoth. And, and can, am I the only one thinking if we're going to bring back mammoths, how about bringing back the cavemen as well? Like, why not? Some Neanderthals, Rich, to, so they can run around about, with the mammoths. How, how about we don't bring back anything? No, I say do it all. I'd love to see it. And um, yeah, of course, do it. Do it all. Fuck, fuck up the ecology and and uh, and and the world. Just just fuck it all up. Who cares? At least we get to see a mammoth. We get to see a mammoth. And am I the only one thinking Roman gladiator style? Uh, I'm sort of thinking death matches, putting a few Neanderthals down there, giving them some spears. There's a mammoth, maybe a T-Rex, yeah. you know? No, that'll, you know, you know that'll never happen there. But if only it could happen, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if only we could get there. If, if, if you know, 
Is it so bad for my wishes to come true, Rich? For me to have... Yes, from the way you described it, yes it is. For, for me, can you imagine me sitting down, I've got a little soft drink going, got, got my Deadpool cap on, I'm kind of nice in some nice air conditioning, watching down below me as a mammoth fight T-Rexes with Neanderthal guys run, running around with clubs and spears. I mean, it sounds like heaven to me. It sounds like absolute heaven. I'd love to Sounds see like that. a powder kick. It is a powder. It's a powder kit. Yeah, that, it sure is. And um, tickets are going to be pricey as well. You know, to this kind of uh, sort of like. And then uh, the and then the Neanderthals will get smart and rise up, and there'll be a war between the the humans and the Neanderthals. And you know, you know, you don't think I don't know if you think this through or that you just don't care if that happens. I don't care. That's the, I, I <laughs> like you know we we have an armed presence there. So if these Neanderthals get out of line, well. Then Neanderthals, Rich, we can we can stomp them down pretty hard. But you know, I just Oh no no no. There'll be sympathizers with them who'll equip them with weapons and shit and all that. There'll, there'll be outside forces that other governments will go, we can use this. Don't it's not gonna be as easy as you think. I am looking forward to it though. Like, gee, I hope it happens. I, I, I really like I'm gonna follow this story. I hope they get this fucking mammoth off the ground and get him walking around. It'll prove to everyone that you can do it. And that'll and then suddenly people like me will start saying well, okay, bring back a fucking dinosaur. Bring back a Neanderthal. Like, you know, bring me back some of this cool shit, you know? And, uh, yeah. Oh, no. I'm looking forward to it, Richard. Now, uh, mad, in... mad science must be stopped. <laughs> Insomniac Games confirmed that both Marvel's Wolverine and Marvel's Spider-Man 2 will be exclusive to the PS5, unlike other PlayStation games like God of War Ragnarok or Horizon Forbidden West, which are coming to PS4. Oh, I see. So they're... Yeah, I, I see what they're saying. So they're not just exclusive to PlayStation, they're exclusive to PS5. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and apparently there was another news item that the Marvel's Wolverine will be a full-size game with a mature tone, according to the creative director. Well, I fucking hope it would be a full-size game. Like, I was going to say, it would, it would have to be. Like, well, <laughs> what were you thinking? It was going to well, be Well, not just that, but not just like... a full-size game, but obviously a mature game. I mean, it's fucking Wolverine with claws. I mean, yeah. you ain't baking people fucking cakes with those claws. No, exactly. Um, yes, so a spin-off series of The Batman is reportedly set for development at HBO Max, and it's set to revolve around the Penguin Ridge. What do you think about that? And uh, uncertain if Colin Farrell, who plays the Penguin in the Batman movie with, um, what's his name, um, Robert Patterson, is going to star in the series. That's unknown. Uh, I, I can't. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Sometimes wrong? I feel like, I feel like everyone is brain dead. I just don't, <laughs> who, who fucking wants a Penguin show? I don't, I'm sorry, like, yeah. really? Yeah. You fucking got together in a boardroom? And you were like, we need ideas. And someone goes, we should do a penguin show. And everyone's like, fucking yes, brilliant. <laughs> no, I mean, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Yeah, I can't say I'm too excited by the thought of a penguin show. Like, frankly, I mean, I'm sort of like, yeah, penguin. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, but of, of all the properties that you have to work with, mm. you go with penguin? Well, they did penguin on Gotham. I thought fairly well, but it was kind of like, I don't know how much more penguin I no, needed after that. I, I don't yes penguin's fine as a antagonist or you know as the villain for a, a, a show or something but I'm not I don't need a show about him yeah I hear it man that's what I said we live in a world where every villain is getting their own show and movie it's amazing mm. and you don't mean amazing in a good way do you 
No, it's, 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 it's astonishing, I should say, maybe. That's the, you know, you know that's like, the this is word. amazingly astonishing. fucking great. Like, I don't know, I just feel like we've been there and done that with Penguin. Like, I'm like, that was Gotham. In Gotham, Penguin got a massive fucking run. And I was kind of like, that's about enough Penguin for me, thanks. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just about up to my ears in Penguin by now. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, yeah. it's interesting. I... I yeah, I, I also don't think he's that fascinating a character that we need to have, like, a really... Like, we, we had it with Gotham. They th- That guy who, who played Penguin in Gotham did a really good job. But it was like, we've been there, we've done it, we've seen him rise up, we've seen this, we've seen that. Like, why is... You know, if you said to me it was going to be a Batman Rogue show with rotating cast, at least that's a bit better. But this is just Penguin? Like... I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really see the appeal either. And I'm a Batman fan. Um, Christopher Nolan's next film will be about the father of the atomic bomb, J. Robert Oppenheimer, which will reportedly be financed and distributed by Universal, ending the string of Nolan films that have been distributed by Warner Brothers since 2002's Insomnia. Rich, so he switched and gone to Universal, probably because of his concerns over the same day release with HBO Max. Mm. I mean, he's been very critical of that, uh, of that service. So he's he's been super critical. Really. Uh, but you know, I, but you know what? I mean, God bless him. You know, you know, a company has has given you free reign mm. to make the movies that you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've 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 funded you. They've allowed they've allowed you to make all these great movies, and you know, you know what? And they've and they left you pretty much with impunity. Mm. You know, mm. they've allowed you to sort of have full control, and then. The moment they maybe get into a bit of financial uncertainty and are right. trying to navigate, you're like, "Fuck you guys! I'm out of here. Fuck you! I don't care that you've, you've, you know, you've had my back for the last 20, 20 years. You're disappointing with us. I'm out of here." And it's like, "Wow, what?" Well, it is business. The I, I, like, that's know. amazing to me. But it is business. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm like, saying is that like, I, I understand his business, but what I'm saying is so funny is that. Warner Brothers have shown him a massive amount of loyalty. Is my point, right? Yeah. They anytime he's come to them in the movie, they're like, "Yep, here's the money, make the movie." Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, no questions asked. They're like, "Hey, man, you, you know, you're our boy. Like, we, we, yep, you think that's gonna be a good movie? Here's here's twenty million dollars or fifty million dollars, whatever. Mm. Go, you go make your movie. I'm just saying, I think he could have handled it a bit better if he wanted to move on because of that. I just think he could have maybe not uh, sounded like such a petulant child doing it. Yeah, I, I considering that they've done so much for your career is my point. I guess the thing is, he's one of the few directors who people will turn up to actually see just based on their name. You know, he's he's one of those few directors oh, working. Fair enough. You know, I, look, I'm just saying, like he's a name. You know, a lot of no, no, no. I'm saying fair enough. He's not for me, but I'm sure he is for some people. Yes, oh, or well, for mo- maybe more people. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely put a lot of uh, bums on seats over his time. I mean, um, I, I don't really care. I mean. A film about Robert Oppenheimer. I'm sort of like, yeah, no thanks. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't fill me with a great deal of anticipation. Like I'm sort of like, I know the story um, where he's like, I am the death bringer, the destroyer of worlds, and it's like that's a cool line. Um, as you let off the fucking atomic bomb, it is a cool line. I give him that much, but I'm not like I need to know more. About can can I be honest? Yeah. Actually, I was going to say the only movie that I would be interested in seeing. Uh, uh, Based on uh, uh, Oppenheimer is that uh, comic book? Uh, I think it's called the Manhattan Project. Oh yeah, that was insane. Yeah, 
That yeah, was nuts. I would watch that movie. Me too. That shit was bonkers. That was crazy fucking shit with Jonathan Hickman, right? Yeah, that was a crazy fucking movie. I agree. Like, I was comedy. That was, that was, yeah. Yeah, but that was next level. I, like, I there was a... myself to make sure I wasn't taking acid accidentally. While yeah, I was that was reading. a crazy, I agree. That's a crazily good comic, actually. Um, now, Halloween Kills, the upcoming entry in Universal Slasher franchise, will debut on Peacock on the same day as its theatrical release. So. This is good news uh, for Halloween fans like myself, um, who is... I, I really swear by that 2018 Halloween movie. That's an excellent film. Um, and, yeah, I've got to say, like, I'm looking forward to this new one uh, as well. Now, Rich, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, I'm sure you were a fan of this game series, weren't you? I was back in the day, yes. It's being remade for the PlayStation 5, Rich. What about that? Good for them. You happy about that, Rich? If it's being remade for the ground up? I mean, uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, again, I've, I. It might look nice, but I mean, I've already experienced. Yeah. The story and the, the roller coasters. So. You've been there. You, you know, know. I mean, I, I haven't played the. I haven't even played the Mass Effect. Um, uh, remake or remaster that did because I'm like, it's not the. It's not the same, you know what I mean? Like, mm. there's certain movies that you can kind of watch because they may be just dumb, fun action movies, you know what I mean? They mm. don't they don't necessarily mean that much to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or they didn't instill a lot of feeling. But, like, with that, uh, all I would be just seeing is prettier graphics. Like, that's it. I, I'm not, I wouldn't actually be experiencing anything yeah. New. Uh, new. Yeah, true, true. So, I mean, it's cool. I'm sure it'll look... It looks swanky, uh, and you know what? Maybe I'll watch the cutscenes on, on YouTube, but um, yeah, I'd prefer something new, maybe. Mm. Fair enough, man. Fair I, enough. I'd prefer a fantastic new Star Wars game. Like, oh, so would I. So that would, would I. be great. Yeah. Uh, as revealed in the new Batwheels casting announcement, which is a new TV show, Duke Thomas, a once codenameless superhero who eventually became known as The Signal, and he sucked. Um, has been promoted to Robin for the animated series voiced by A.J. Hudson. He's described as the boy wonder who loves sinking his teeth into a great detective mystery while he strives to prove himself alongside Batman. And Ethan Hawke is playing Batman in the show too. So Ethan Hawke's obviously got some bills to pay. Um, He's rolling up to voice Batman in this one. And uh, A.J. Hudson... Well, yeah, I was going to say... Ethan Hawke is getting to that age where he ain't going to get him that many roles, so he's got to take, take he's got to take whatever he can. Yeah, he's he's looking increasingly desperate. The last few years, I've found Ethan Hawke. He looks oh, like I thought you were going to say he's looking increasingly on death's doorstep. He he <laughs> is. He's he's aged incredibly um, over the last I'd say ten years, uh, fifteen years. He's times really caught up with Ethan Hawke in a, in, in a way that. Uh, tells me, I'm, I'm speculating, potentially needles, you know, potentially drugs, Rich. Do you think alcohol? Something. There's something there that's... I think I think, I think think all of it. All of it, yeah. No, I agree. I think... <laughs> I don't think he met a... I don't think he met a substance he didn't like. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the nose could tell a few stories, perhaps. You know, like... Um, yeah, but anyway, regardless, I mean, he's still a good actor, and um, I am interested to see him in Moon Knight, and he's voicing Batman, which t- tells me that financially Ethan Hawke's reaching now. You know, 
He's he's taking. Uh, well, acting. not necessarily. I mean, let's be honest. I think every person would love. I think any actor or any person that's into sort of pop culture would love to be able to voice Batman. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I know. I just, I, I guess, you know, taking a voice acting role. But you're right. I mean, an, an opportunity to voice Batman. I think it's, an odd, it's an odd. It's certainly an odd choice, though. Mm. It is. I mean, he's got a very distinctive. I mean, when voice, I think of a voice for Batman, I certainly don't think of Ethan Hawke. No, neither do I. Neither do I. Kind of whiny voice, really, you know? Um, anyway, Hayley Atwell, we know as Agent Carter, will voice Lara Croft in Netflix's Tomb Raider anime series. Actually, I might check this out. Uh, the series picks up after the events of Square Enix's video game reboot trilogy. I wasn't aware there was a third game. I, I thought that only two had come out. Was there a third one that I'm not even aware of? See, this is... this Tomb, is... What, Tomb Raider? No, with the reboot. Like, you don't Are have... You... You know how they oh, rebooted you're talking the, about the rebooted games. Yes, yes. Now they're saying that it's a reboot. I think there was. A, I think there was only two. That's what I thought too. Yeah, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider reboot games, and they're saying trilogy. So maybe there's another one to come. That could be. That could be one. Uh, I don't know. They they already made a movie based on the new Lara Croft, and it was a, a bomb, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. No, it didn't do well. Well, they're saying Tomb Raider. I don't know. It, it's interesting. Um... Tomb Raider Reboot Trilogy, Blockbuster Video Games. Let's have a look here and see what it's it's, it's going to say. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh, there you go. So there is, there's Tomb Raider, then there's Rise of the Tomb Raider, and then there's Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So there you mm, go. Okay. So there's been three, which I wasn't aware of at all, actually. But um, I, I'll check out the anime. Would you check out the anime, Rich? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed that. The problem is, is I, I like, yeah, but you know what? I mean, I, I don't like those new Tomb Raider games because I feel like they've taken a lot of the, the fun out of Tomb Raider. You know, I like that the original Tomb Raider games were a little bit more farcical and campy. Yeah. And, you know, a, a bit of fun. Like, you know, they didn't take themselves too seriously. They were a bit over the top. You know, just like a good, fun action, you know, sure. game uh, series should be. And I just felt like the new ones were too, like, it's so dark and gritty and it's emotional. And it's like, I was like, that's no fun. You've taken all the, you sucked all the fun out of it. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I enjoyed them. I, look, I, I, I agree they were darker than the classic, like, 90s style, which was definitely more fun. Um, but I don't know, maybe, in, I, I'd hope if they do an anime, they'd do it a bit more like the old games, you know? Um, that's what I'd be hoping, like, frankly. Again, hopefully. I, inject some fun into it, man. Have it be over-the-top fucking action. That'd be great. I've got a question for you. Um, you know Doom? You know the game Quake? I downloaded it from Games Pass the other day. What's Quake like, Rich? Is it, it's a lot like Doom, isn't it? Did you ever play it? Uh, uh, Quake, Quake is multiplayer, though. Oh, is it? Okay, all right. I downloaded it the other day off, off Xbox Games Pass. Yeah. Right. Quake, Quake is a, a, a what they call an arena shooter. Oh, okay. So you're against other people. Yes. Right. Okay. It's, a, it's also what they call a, a Twitch shooter. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with what a Twitch shooter is, but that means you've got to have super fast reflexes oh, to be right. even remotely capable in that game. Really? Okay, no, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, Mark Maron um, will join Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kevin Hart, and the star-studded cast of DC League of Super Pets as Superman's arch-enemy Lex Luthor. Um, this is after Mark mm. Maron recently made some comments about how much superhero movie sucked um 
and you know here he is taking a fucking role in League of Super. Well, Bowl. sometimes that's a good way to get what you want, eh? Yep, yep, indeed. You know, talk shit about something, and they'll come go. Well, you you made the news, so why don't you come do this? Because you know you're in the news, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, yeah, it was. I, I I don't even know what what he said, but I believe he sort of did make some sort of bullshit statement. He he thinks Marvel movies are the next big next big religion. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't disagree with him. He alienated the entire Conan audience when he declared his disdain for comic book movies. So he's obviously had a bit to say about the topic, and then um, yeah, and then he and then he got um, it was in his comedy special, and then what do you know? He's in League of Super Pets. It's pretty funny. <laughs> a lot of people were saying a lot of people were saying he should have been um, played Stan Lee. That actually would have been good. I could he could definitely do Stan Lee. You know, mm. he's got the right the right look and everything. Um, also, Denis Villeneuve um, called the Marvel movies. This came out in, in inside the last twenty four hours. Um, he's saying they were formulate, cut and paste. It, he was he was basically saying how much they sucked, and they were, they they weren't you know in essence real movies. I I like I don't one hundred percent disagree with him. Like they are formulaic. They are. Well, they are definitely copy yeah. and paste. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like. This is the thing. You'll get people going, oh, they're films just like any other. I'm like, yes, they are films, but yeah, they do follow a, a formula and they could be a lot better if they didn't sometimes do that formula. But then again, that formula has brought in billions of dollars for Disney, so it's a huge fucking plus for Disney. So you're arguing against a formula that's been working very consistently for fucking, like, since 2008. So that's why it's a still working formula. But I don't like. I didn't disagree yeah. when Martin Scorsese made similar comments. I, I actually thought Martin Scorsese has a point of what he's saying. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, do you know what I'm saying, Rich? Well, look, uh, someone. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, um, someone made a very good point, which I think it, it goes to that is that if you think about it, right? McDonald's mm. are actually called restaurants. Yeah, they are. Yeah. All right, McDonald's restaurants. So. If your argument is, well, if you make a lot of money, that means you're the best, then that would mean that McDonald's is the best yeah. tasting restaurant, best food restaurant in the world. Because yeah. they make billions of dollars. Yeah. It's not a it's 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 success doesn't mean quality. No one no. said they're not successful. Yeah, it's true. They are definitely successful. It's just that they're not necessarily uh, in in large quantities, maybe that good for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just no. Like McDonald's, like no, I agree. You know, I, agree. I think you should expect. I think you should. Um, I think you should divulge and and watch different types of movies. I mean, you can still. Watch, I mean, no one says you can't watch the Marvel movies or enjoy them. Just like McDonald's, but you shouldn't eat McDonald's every night. So no, that's true. And I, look, and I enjoy them as a whole. The formula responds with me. At times, I feel like they could deviate from the formula and be a lot better but uh, look it's been working they're a lot better than the superhero movies used to be so they've made some progress um now uh, there's a i'll be honest with you i think i think they are far too scared to deviate from the the, the formula even if they wanted to just because it brought them so much success well that's right when when you're bringing in billions of dollars for disney you're not actually looking to change too much you're looking to keep on milking that audience with the same formula for as long as possible um, that's basically what it boils down to, you know. Disney, Disney just oh, want to keep the dollars. You keep doing it until it doesn't work. Exactly, yeah. And we've seen that with the Transformers movies. We've seen that with Pirates of the Caribbean. 
the point where they pull the plug is the point where finally it only barely breaks even, and they go, okay, we're not making a billion dollars profit mm. now, so let's let's switch. Uh, which makes sense. If I was running the company, I'd probably do similar things. Now, um, the Caped Crusader show is going to air on Cartoon Network and stream on HBO Max. It has no set premiere date. Um, Bruce Tim, the co-creator of Batman Animated Series, is involved. Um, people are asking, Rich, do we want to have a new voice actor or do we want to have Kevin Conroy? I would say go with Kevin Conroy, personally. What do you think? Uh, honestly, it depends. Uh, I mean, he, depends, I guess, on how Kevin Conroy sounds now um, and what age Batman that is. you want the Batman to be. Because, you know, because um, Kevin Conroy, you know, uh, he, he ain't a spring chicken no more. And, you know, you, as you get older, your voice does does change. Mm. Um it's something I noticed when when I was watching the the Star Wars Rebels TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I noticed because they got they got uh, Billy D Williams and they got um, oh yeah yeah James Earl Jones to do the voices, but my God, you could tell that they were old. Like you know what I mean? Like even yeah. though their characters were obviously still supposed to be yeah. young or yeah. like in their thirties or whatever, you could tell that they were like, "Geez, these guys sound old now." So that's my only concern. If Kevin Conroy still sounds like if he can pull off that, uh, you know, 20 years ago, Kevin Conroy doing Batman, sure, I'm, I'm happy. But if he is sounding a little bit maybe long in the tooth, then there's no nothing wrong with getting a, a new one. I mean, as long as you get a good a good one, it's fine. Mm. Well, that's right. And I mean, it, it, I mean, there's been some bad ones, but there's also been some good alternatives. They have, they have, um, definitely. I, I thought the guy who played him in The Dark Knight Returns did a good job. Um I, I, yeah, I agree. They've, they've been... Uh, uh, what's his name? Was it, Peter, was it Peter Weller? I think it was Peter. Was it Peter Weller, Robocop? Yeah, you're talking about uh, Robocop, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, oh, look, yeah. We'll, we'll wait Actually, you know, you know who I quite liked is... Um, sorry, the, the guy I quite liked was the... He did it for Under the Red Hood, and mm. then he also... They, they got him to continue that in Young Justice. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name now. Uh, I know he played uh, Captain Pike in the rebooted Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek movies. Okay, uh, I, I know the guy you mean. Then I, 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 that, but he was he was pretty good as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that guy's name, but but he is a good actor. That guy. So yeah, look, I mean, you could definitely find someone who could do it. Like, I like Kevin Conroy, yeah. but I'm look, not I mean, I don't soon. want any Tom, Dick, and Harry, but you know, give me someone good, and I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, it'll be interesting, man, um, just to, to, to see what happens. Now, uh, I think we're coming up towards... Uh... Just, sorry, uh, before we go on, I'll just say this. I, just as long as it's not uh, Troy Baker. Not who? As long as it's not Troy Baker. I'm happy. Troy okay. Baker. What has Troy Baker done? I don't even know. Everything. He's done everything. Oh, right. So he's he even very... played uh, the Joker in the... In the Batman game, the the um, the, the Arkham, the prequel one for Arkham, Arkham Origins, Arkham Origins is the, yes, is the game. Yes, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did the yeah, he did the Joker for that. Okay. He's in everything, man. If there's a game or a TV show, whatever, he's pretty much fucking in it. Okay, yeah. Well, we, we don't just want the same old, same old, same old, same old. Um, now, Oz Comic Con are announcing more dates. I think they've they're forecast out until. Until 2022 for Sydney, Rich. Um, I, w- I just want to ask you: Are you still 
if there was a convention next week, would you go? If assuming you're off work and stuff, you know, would you? Uh, it depends on who's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, if they had some really good uh, guests that I was really keen on seeing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. But um, it's going to take a lot for me. I mean, I'm double vaxxed. Are you vaccinated yet, Rich? No? I've only had the one shot. Oh, you've had one. Oh, at least you've had one. So you're on, you're on, the, you're on the path. But um, remember, we were going to make that, that pilgrimage down to the Liverpool comic shop. Remember that? Just yeah, that, would, that, that feels like a year ago it, now. Well, yeah, it would be a while ago now. I don't know how exactly how long, but it will be interesting to see when it finally comes out and we can head down there and see what the impact has been on the shop. Um, now, Jeff Bezos, this is my final news item, is funding a lab to extend his life. I mean, this guy gives me the absolute shits, like, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's, if you had the money, would you not be doing that? I suppose so. You know, I, but, like, <laughs> is, is it going to wind up with a head in a jar, Futurama style? You know, with the Beastie Boys with, like, the heads in the jar and Nixon and all that? Um, He'll still be alive, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> It's just so fucking stupid. I can barely. You're like, does he really think he's gonna beat death? You know, really? Like, it's not gonna happen, man. You know, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, hey, you never know. With I mean, the technology we have now and the and the money that he's got, it's not. It's not outside. I mean, if we're talking about fucking bringing mammoths back to life, why is it? Well, why can't we <laughs> defeat death then? <laughs> yeah, he could. Clone Maybe you think about the wrong way. Maybe he's thinking of cloning. Yeah, he could be thinking of cloning. That would that would actually, you know, be be, be something. Um, by the way, um, some comic book news: James Dimatteis is back on Spider Man. He's going to be doing a Ben Riley Spider Book. Um, that, that that news came mm. came came across the lines to me, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, thank you to Michael Kellersham for bringing us that news, actually, as well. Um, he actually had some stuff here. Uh, I'll read out Michael's email. Uh, Dave, found some show stuff. Apparently, the would-be showrunner of the now-cancelled New Warriors show is blaming Disney of homophobia, saying they canned the show because it was, quote, too gay, unquote. Um, <laughs> to be fair, the woman who... What's cut... Sorry, what show was this? New Warriors. You know, the New Warriors? It was oh, like... Oh, sorry, yes. it's been cancelled. Uh, to be fair, the woman they cast as Squirrel Girl might have been good. She's in the ATT ads and seems very Squirrel Girl-like. Uh, he then mentions James Mateus is back on Spidey, um, which I saw on Facebook as well. The manga One Piece has sold over 100 volumes, which have each sold over 1 million copies each, and the anime is approaching its thousandth episode. Um, meanwhile, Western comics get rebooted every 15 issues and are deemed hot if they crack 20,000 sold issues. Um, booyah, Michael. And he's also got... He's given me some questions for Steve Englehart coming up soon, and Chuck Dixon also coming up soon. So... We will take that offline, Rich, but um, thank you very much, Michael, as always, for supplying the fucking news from the front line, which is what I like to see, Rich. And I, I encourage all Signal listeners, if you're out there and you sniff a story, you can sniff a story. Get to the bottom of the story and approach me on Signal. You know, signaloofdoom at gmail.com. Message the Facebook group. I am alert and alive 24-7 to take your news items and run with them and go as deep as you need to go with the investigative reporting. You know what I'm saying, Rich? Yeah, but come on, Rich. You, 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 you do love it. You love you love a good dick. I love a story, man. I love a story. I'm really like sometimes I remind myself. I, yeah, obviously I remind myself of Lois Lane, but even Perry White, you know, like marching around the newsroom, barking orders, cigar, you know. Ken, where's where's that damn Kent? 
get behind the keyboard, pump me out a story. We've got to make deadline. I, I, I think you, I think you're the entire um, the Daily Planet uh, staff in one. <laughs> Just a one man machine. Um, I know you're Jimmy Olsen, Rich. You're Jimmy Olsen out there with your little camera and you know doing a few things, bits and pieces. I don't have a camera. Have a camera. <laughs> uh, now, um, I'm, see, I'm I'm the clock can. I'm the oh sorry, chief. I forgot to watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, chief. Sorry. <laughs> Meanwhile, chief. I was busy saving. I was busy saving the world. Exactly. Uh, now, shopping with the gang. Can I just say, this week. In terms of things to actually purchase, it was maybe the driest week I can remember in the history of the show. The amount of product that I am not interested in is amazing. When I look at what Marvel and DC and the others have to offer, I was really like, none of this appeals. One thing did appeal, and that's Steve Englehart's Hulk collection. is being collected in an epic collection called Crisis on Counter-Earth, and I can swear by this um, Hulk collection. I'm reading it on... Uh, Marvel Unlimited, it is excellent. And I will be picking up that incredible Hulk collection for my Rogue Hulk shelf. Rich, did you see anything that you thought was good? Uh, no, the only thing I have been keeping my eye on is a Nintendo Switch. Okay. <laughs> the, the console? Uh, well, the new OLED one's coming out, so I'm I'm hoping that the old one will drop a bit in price. Okay, well, fair enough. That's good. Uh, um, I'm 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 eyeing a Nintendo Switch. Nothing comic related. Okay. Well, still, it's good to good to see that you're out there hustling, Rich. All right, Rich. Weekly comics. Um, it's that time of the week. Yep. Now, first up, Kang the Conqueror two. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it does feel. I mean, it looks great. Uh, it feels very predictable. But, I mean, look, honestly, I enjoyed it. What did you think of it? Like, I don't know what to say about it other than it's cool, but it's not like the world's greatest story. What did you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it was... I suppose technically it was better than the first issue. Mm. Um, but... Uh, Missing something? I guess I find myself, I find myself going... What's the point of this book? Yes, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, like I don't mean to say not. Again, I understand. Oh well, Kang just was in Loki and all. That. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But, but, I, what, why are we telling the story? What's, what's so? You know it's, what I mean? It's, it's like Kang. It's, 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 it's not build, like we've just yeah. come off a big event with uh, Kang, or Kang has done something notable in the comics or something. I just feel like this has just come out of the blue, and it doesn't. I don't get why it you is. Feel it's, I guess it's, you feel it's a bit cheap, sort of thing. Um, like, you know. I get not not cheap. I guess I don't feel like it's important. Yeah. Uh, and and when I'm saying that, I understand like oh well, not every Superman story is important. No, I get that. But Superman is a monthly book. Yeah. That has been out monthly for eighty five years or whatever. So yes, but if if you're going to be telling a Kang story, mm. I feel like you must have a important reason or it must be an important story and i just don't feel that yet i certainly don't feel like it's like oh my god i must i must tune in next month to see what's gonna ha i just don't feel i don't feel driving it you know i hear man i hear uh, for me it's just a bit paint by numbers like it's all a bit like what i would expect i did think it was cool that apocalypse showed up i, I admit i actually thought that was cool yeah no uh as i said it's it's, it's got 
interesting stuff in it. Uh, um, you know, yeah, it was cool to see Apocalypse and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But again, I just, you know, as I said, I just find myself going, why? Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't, if, if I wasn't reading this for the show, I just, I don't know, like, if, if I could find any reason to actually read the title. Yeah, or care kind of thing. No, I hear you. And, and, and you know what? That's a review what on it, itself. Yeah, yeah, because... That's you know, know sometimes that review I, 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 is like you know it's it's like sometimes if you're reading it and it's chore to read and you're doing it just for the show to discuss, well in essence that can that can be two things. One, it can be burnout, but the other thing is it can be just this isn't that interesting, um, and it, it can be its own review. I don't think this is that interesting. I think this is connect the dot storytelling like you wouldn't believe. It's like go back to Egypt. He he fights you know his self when he was the Egyptian guy and then you and then the big idea is bring an apocalypse which is actually a decent idea, but it's all very expected you know. And well, as I said, like it's it's not that it's a chore; it's just that it doesn't feel um, it doesn't feel like momentous. It doesn't feel important. And no. speaking of like the apocalypse thing, is I feel like this book doesn't do a very good job of. Um, filling in any new readers on on characters mm. like i feel like if, if you're reading this book you're a longtime fan and you know all the characters in marvel because when apocalypse showed up it was really cool mm. but at the same time the, the writer doesn't spend any time no. explaining or just giving a brief synopsis of who apocalypse is and why he's important which oh yeah it's something you kind of got to do for a new reader like if he shows up the guy should say like this is apocalypse considered the first mutant yeah. on Earth, long-time enemy of the X-Men or something. You know, just so that the reader goes, oh, that sounds interesting. No, you know what, Rich? Like, great I, I point. Great point. And I, I've read enough X-Men that when I see his name, I, I know it straight away who it is, like, you know, his actual name. Um, but also the appearance of the Fantastic Four in Egypt, it's like... That that is glossed over like you wouldn't believe. And if you if you weren't familiar with like old school Fantastic Four, you'd be like, "What the hell's going on here?" Like it's it, it doesn't hold your hand at all, does it? Yeah, no, I just think, I think the, the the writers made that what they call the cardinal sin of that he's assumed that all the readers know. Yeah, the the, the characters and the history, and I feel like um, uh, again, it doesn't affect me. But I, when I was reading, I was just thinking to myself, I was like. Doesn't that, you didn't spend any time explaining who this character is and why the reader should care? I'm giving it five and a half out of ten. Am I am I too harsh? Uh, no. Um, five five cents. About <laughs> that right. Pretty pretty accurate. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I I tend to agree. I think that's I think that's right on the money. Um, now then we come to Flashback Friday. Uh, we because I mean just the the paucity of comics this week was just so appalling that Flashback Friday is just such a pleasure. And first up, um, we had uh, Action Comics 553. This was a Superman story. I thought this was incredibly unremarkable. And to me, Marv Wolfman, he is Mr. Barely Average, I find. I find so many times I, I see Marv Wolfman's name up and everyone's excited, everyone but me. I really thought this was really dull um rich what did you think um uh, i mean i agree and i disagree um it, it it was a it was a bit on the dull side for sure in terms of there's not much action that that certainly happens in it but i must say i was absolutely uh intrigued 
by um, this other immortal that I, uh, I, where I was like, oh, geez, I'm, I, I, I'm not f fully um, uh, versed in this other immortal that apparently uh, was around the same time as Vandal Savage and is that was cool. considered to be like the the the, the enemy or the, um, the the counter. But where Vandal Savage is basically immortal, this guy is reborn. Yes. Every time he's killed into like a different body. And is that resurrection, age, man? Is, is that resurrection, man? Actually, no, no. I, I thought it may have been, and I'm thinking maybe that's possibly where the idea came from, maybe, or right. you know, maybe it was a a, a, a precursor yeah. to, to that character. So, um, you know, and you know what? I, I enjoyed that some of the um, more lower tier characters got a little bit of a, a spotlight, you know, with. Yeah. Um, uh, there was Rip Hunter and uh, um, uh, the, what they call themselves, the Sea Devils and oh, God. Uh, Animal Man and all that sort of stuff. I mean, again, I like seeing that, but I do, I, I cannot disagree that it's not exactly an action-packed lots of stuff. It was very much a back, uh, oh. almost like an origin issue of, of yeah. the, the character that is the nemesis of of uh, Vandal Savage, so I, I liked that character, and I and I, I'd be interested in seeing more of that guy. But Marv Wolfman almost put me to sleep here. Five out of ten, Marv. Um, sometimes I feel Marv Wolfman does just enough to get the paycheck. And if I was his editor, I would have said, "Take a spin back on the desk, Marv, and try again," because this isn't doing uh, it again. Me. You see, I disagree because I think this book is again. I think there's some good ideas in this book, and yes, that character he shows it's not a. I, I don't feel like it was, a, oh, I'll just do whatever. I feel like <laughs> it was a good idea. I just think he maybe could have injected it with a little bit more interest, uh, bow, bow, bam, you know, boof <laughs> sort of uh, action because uh, it was a bit too talky, but I wouldn't say it's lazy or. Now, or I can anything. tell you that that guy's name is Immortal Man. Um, he first appeared in Strange Avengers, uh, Volume 1, 177, June 65. Multiple versions of his origin connected to the villain Vandal Savage, with both gaining immortality by encountering a strange meteorite during prehistoric times. So, he has a unique form of reincarnation. If he is ever killed, he soon materialises in a new body else somewhere else on Earth, wearing clothes. I think they did use him in the new, the new 52, I think. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he is a bit different to Resurrection Man, because Resurrection Man, um, he comes back to life when he's killed, he's yes. not reincarnated. Uh, he comes back up and then he has a different power. What's the difference between reincarnated and resurrected? Well, resurrected, he comes like um, uh, resurrected is you're still in your body. Oh, right. You like just Jesus. Like, you, you, it's almost like you went to sleep and then you woke up. You're like, like oh, I'm alive. But literally, like Jesus. In your same body. Reincarnation means your spirit goes into someone else's body. Oh, or show, or see, I didn't know that. Whatever. Actually, I didn't know that, Rich. That's interesting. So, like Jesus yeah. or Lazarus. Like yes, they were resurrected, yes. Resu so the they're, resurrection. They're still in their own body. How many times have we heard that in Catholic school? The resurrection. I don't know. I didn't go to Catholic school. <laughs> I did a lot. A lot of stuff about the resurrection and the the tomb and rolling the tomb away and you know in in and outs like a lot going on, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, interesting, uh, Rich. And uh, for me, for me, it's a six point five. Uh, okay. Again, um, again, not not super eventful, but. There was again that I found that character because I was like I think I know this character but I'm just not super familiar with it and I thought it was really cool you know because again I've been reading comics for so long it's nice that even I can be a bit like oh my god like this character or like I didn't realize this was like maybe one of the first appearances of this 
very very obscure character kind of thing and all that so for me i got i got a bit of a kick but 6.5 because it's not exactly uh, it's not exactly uh, exciting stuff no yeah look the most the most interesting thing about it was a mortal man because i love vandal savage and i love um that whole i love that whole thing rasa ghoul vandal savage this guy mm. the fact that they've been around through history i i actually think it's really cool you know like mm-hmm. It's a fucking awesome idea. Have you ever seen, Rich, um, the Justice League one they did? I want to say it was called Doom, and it was like um, the Tower of Babel story, but with Vandal Savage. Um, yes, and, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that that's good. And you remember that time when Batman or whoever's looking at all the trophies and they go, and you come as many things, uh, sometimes a philosopher, but normally a, a man of war. And it's got like all the different armors and stuff. And I was mm. like, hell yeah. I was like, the man behind the scenes, dude. You know what I'm saying? Through, through history. And Rich, here's a question for you. Is he really evil? To be doomed yes. to live a long life. You know, is he no. evil? Yes, he was evil from even before the, the, oh. uh, the comet hit him. Yeah, because he was busy killing that guy, wasn't he? Was, wasn't he tussling with the other guy when the comet came down? Yeah, yeah, he was. Well, I mean, there's a reason. <laughs> It's a reason that he has Savage as the last, as his last name. This is Monica. He yeah. Um, and you know what? From the moment he became, um, from the the moment that the basically the comet gave him higher intellect yeah. and immortality, he took that power and basically wanted to become a conqueror, yeah. an enslaver, a king, a ruler. So yeah, I think he was born evil. Wow, <laughs> Rich. I just wonder if that comet had struck me, what I would be doing. You know? Oh God, Caesar. I wonder what you would be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. The great man Caesar, they couldn't stop me with the Ides of March that time. You know what I'm saying? Look, it wouldn't surprise me. Do you believe in reincarnation? Because I believe I lived in the 1920s. I really do. I, I, I firmly believe that. I, do you believe in reincarnation and all that kind of stuff and my past lives? Uh, I like the concept and yeah. it's certainly entertaining. Do I believe it, though? I believe it. Probably not, no. I believe I was a minor character in one of um, Virginia Woolf's diaries, actually. I believe I was around the scene, a very minor player. And I, you know, who knows how I died? You know what I'm saying? Who knows? See, I don't know. Like, it's weird to me that... Like, I mean, I know it's not the same thing, but I always find it very interesting when someone says, um, I don't believe in God, but I believe in reincarnation. Because I was like, mm, yeah, it's it's an odd thing to... Sure. But, but I mean, God, like God is such a broad term. Like there could be gods, there could be scientists with running a lab experiment. You know what I mean? Like I don't buckle myself down to notions that are so simplistic as just God or not God. You know, it could be, God knows what it could be. It could be all well, no, but my point is like someone will say, I don't believe in a higher power, but then that same person turn around and say, I believe in reincarnation. I'm like, well, it's kind of a higher power, isn't it? Sure. Like, isn't there some yeah, higher power? Sure. Um, at work here. But you know, no no so. one has the answers anyway, so like, you know... No, like, I know, I know. I'm just saying I find it interesting have what no, people... Actually, here's another question. Do some people have the answers, Rich? You know what I'm saying? Well, we wouldn't know, would we? If we went deep enough with the investigation. Who knows? We got no, to those... because even if they do know when they tell us, we might believe them, so... Under torture? That's what I say. You might not... No, 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 no. Not whether or not they will tell you the information, whether or not you believe the information. Yeah, I gotcha. Someone could tell you the truth to your face. If you don't believe them, it doesn't matter if they're telling the truth. You you automatically assume they're lying or that they don't know what they're talking about. So. Yeah, no, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by... Like, I just think the idea of Rasegul as well is similar. Like, he hasn't been around since prehistoric, but he's been around since the Middle Ages and resurrecting with the Lazarus Pits. It's pretty cool stuff, you know? Mm. And he's an eco-terrorist, uh, Rasegul. He's less evil. He's evil as well, but he's less evil than Vandal Savage. He, um, you know. he yeah, he's a, it's a different evil because he's a ends justify the means evil. Yeah. He will he will do horrible, unspeakable things, but he, he's in a sense doing it for the greater good. Uh, he's doing it to save the planet in his mind. Yes. So he's he's altruistic in his own point of view, but he still does evil things. He still does horrendous things. He does because he believes that if you thin down the herd, uh, Earth can be returned to sort of almost like a paradise kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. He believes in the ends justify the means. Like if people oh. won't change, then he will slaughter. Vandal Savage is more just like I want to control the world by whatever means possible. Yeah, I just want to be a conqueror. I want to rule over everyone. Yeah, it's kind of like supreme um, ruler of Earth. I believe they say he was Genghis Khan in DC. I believe. Uh, he was pretty much everyone. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? He was a pharaoh. He was Genghis Khan. He was um, Alexander the Great. You know what I mean? Like they've basically any any conqueror. Yeah, has pretty much been Vandal Savage. Alexander the Great though wasn't evil. You know? Like, no, but I mean, what, no, no. But a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think Genghis Khan was evil either. He was just a sure. But he did uh, rape I mean, and pillage. His level of evil is not something that exists, I think, in the real world. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, no, I'm not saying there's not evil people. I'm saying his level yeah. of evil is very rare. I mean, the only maybe other person would Hitler. be Hitler. I mean, yeah, Nazis kind of thing. Like so, you know, it's very rare. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like, Vandal Savage is, a, is, yeah, he's a crazy cup of tea, basically. He's a nutbag. And you're right, when the comet crashed, I believe he might have been strangling that guy or something, at least in one of the versions I've seen, you know? He was sure, it wasn't the first time. He was busy choking that guy to death. Um, and then the meteor came, and he was like, oh, sweet, I get to live forever? This is, this is great. I think it gave him extra intelligence as well, Rich. Yeah, yeah, you know, it did. That's what I said. It, it, it increases intelligence and gave him immortality. So. And I'd love for that maybe on a crash on me. I'd be unstoppable. I, again, one of my favorite Justice League episodes is the one where Superman, quote-unquote, dies, mm. but he's actually sent to the future, and in the future he meets future Vandal Savage, who is literally the last surviving person on planet Earth because of one of his evil machinations, and now he utterly regrets <laughs> He's like, he's a changed man because there is no one to conquer. That's, <laughs> he's, he's just living by himself. That's Alexander the Great. He wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. Mm. You know, when he reached the end of the Persian Empire. And he was like... Little well, did he know, hey? Well, I mean, he, he did a fair effort for, from Greece to India, you know, in that time period. But I'm, I, but I'm saying the view of your world was so small then. Sure. If and only he knew the, the distant lands that he, he could have gone conquered. to the Americas, you know, launched a fleet mm. and gone to the Americas. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, but I still think Alexander really—he pushed the boundaries of what was possible, you know, through sheer willpower and a well, you know, a good army. Basically, um, he made it all the way, dude. As far as I'm concerned, like I—I I used to be obsessed with Alexander the Great. Um, he—he he made it all the way, all the way. If if Fair only enough. if only people today could have an ounce of his get up and go, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what fueled him? I mean, apart from men, you know, obviously, very gay guy, but just uh, just a conqueror, like the ultimate conqueror. And, and my favourite, Julius Caesar, more of a ruler 
as well, Julius Caesar. You know, not just not just conquering, also ruling, politics, mm. all that kind of stuff. The politics of Rome, Rich. You know how you know how they obsess me. You know, from I throat. do trust me, I do know. Yes, indeed. Now then, we had Justice League one forty nine to one fifty. Um, Steve Englehart's this this was the two comics, Rich, that he wrote before he retired from comics and went to write in Europe um, to write a novel. Um, and he gets a farewell. And can I say, what an enjoyable two-part of this was. Snap a, snap a car. I did not see this coming at all. Snap a car is a traitor to the Justice League, and I wasn't aware of this, and I was shocked and stunned by Snap a car's actions. I mean, talk about betraying the very ideals that you once stood for. Amazing to me. Um, not the first time he's not the first time he's done it. Though. First time I was aware of it, though. I wasn't aware of. It. I hadn't read the previous issues, and oh my lord, I was surprised. And he was just bummed out by being the mascot. Um, he couldn't get a job. He went on welfare. Um, he didn't let them know, and um, it was a sorry state of affairs. And can I say, I am sometimes I'm so gullible. Rich, did you see the did you see the twist coming with Privateer? Because I didn't. Um, I did not see that twist coming. Actually, um, it was weird, but I actually did notice a couple of things. Which I just thought I, I put it down to no space on the panel, but there were a couple of times where I was like, I didn't see him. Yes, right. And, and then uh, later, obviously, when uh, Red Tornado pointed it out, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that's right. Like, I did. I thought it was just like, oh, they just forgot to draw him in. Yeah. But in a lot of the scenes where the Justice League was in danger, he was not actually... Um, around he wasn't actually in the panel so and, and you know i'm um, an idiot because i've got the um <laughs> this is actually funny i've got the um hardcover archie goodwin and walter simonson manhunter and i thought that this was this guy's story when he did his own thing i haven't read it yet but i bought it recently and it's a different character called manhunter i read the back of it after this reveal because i thought that this guy was going to be in the manhunter story by archie goodwin but it's a completely different guy um, who's just also called Manhunter. So that, so I just didn't see it coming for that reason. I assumed that this guy would be in the Just League for five minutes and then have his own solo series in the 70s, and that was it. But um, can I say, Dick Dillon delivers. He delivers. A lot of characters, a lot of pages. Uh, Steve Ungerhart wove a web, as far as I was concerned. I was, I was so engrossed in the story. Um, the key... As well, what a classic character he is. I know him from the Grant Morrison era. Uh, we had Green Arrow in there. We had Red Tornado, probably my least favourite of the Justice League members, but even he was good. Obviously, you had Superman and Batman and Black Canary. And had, did you see the line? It was actually funny. When Black Canary, um, Manhunter was, or Privateer was talking to Black Canary, and then and then Green Arrow's like, that's how you've got to treat these liberated women. Like, it ain't a thing. You know, give them their options yeah. or whatever. Like, can't, can't be jealous. Yeah. And then he, then he shot a glance at Hal Jordan. He's like, do you think he's joining up regularly? Like, <laughs> like he's still got a few concerns. Well, he is jealous. He's just not going to show... Yeah. He's not going to show uh, Dino that, so... Yeah. Now, what did you think, Rich? Because, I mean, I was loving it, dude, to be honest. I was absolutely loving it. Um, No, I actually... Yeah, I did uh, very much enjoy it. Um, It was a, a bit of a sort of uh, a whodunit in a way. Uh, yeah. A bit of a... Uh, you know, uh, Agatha Christie mystery type of thing turned out to be, which was pretty cool. And you know what? It showed that Dr. Light was actually quite a formidable oh, yeah. 
uh, or a villain that they took seriously back in the day. Well, this was prior uh, to the storyline where he got his brain, um, you know, spliced or whatever. Yeah, yeah, happened. no, no, yeah. I mean, back in the day, Doctor Light was actually a proper villain, and then yes. over time, he just became a, a, a throwaway, yeah, joke character. But uh, very interesting for me reading this because of um, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but back in the day, I actually read uh, a comic book where uh, Snapper Car was the main character. No. I did not know. That. Uh, it happened after. Um, do you remember the event? Uh, the event invasion. Y- yes, we did it on with, the show actually. Pr- with the dominators and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, and they had a gene bomb, and the gene bomb went off, and people got powers. You know, that's how oh. Maxwell Lord got his power. Anyway, uh, Snapper Car actually got powers uh, really? from that gene bomb in that he could actually teleport by snapping his fingers. <laughs> so every, every time he snapped his fingers, <laughs> he could teleport. And the comic was called Blasters. Right. And it was a bit of a sci-fi. Right. Uh, people that had just gotten powers from the gene bomb, uh, you know, in space. Right. Kind of thing. Almost almost kind of like a Star Jammers type thing um, from, from Marvel uh, type of thing. And you know what? It was actually pretty good. It was actually quite enjoyable. I... I enjoyed it uh, back in the day. Um, so it was very interesting to see a snapper car like this where he's... Because um, uh, I think that came out in 19... Ooh, late, 80, late 80s. 89. I'm, I'm reading his thing now. 89. Um, DC Comics published a three-issue limited series titled Invasion, yada, yada, yada. And then uh, they must have done the blasters right after that. So 89. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Now... He went from, in this one, at the end of it, Superman says he won't send him to jail. But I've got to say, Snapper Car really did actually kind of... He was fairly complicit in this. Like, what the fuck was this guy thinking? Like, he was betraying the Just League of America. He should be ashamed of himself. Superman went very easy on him when he said that he's going to have something better for him, and he made a number of appearances in the Superman family comic book from 78 to 82. I mean, look, yes, obviously I do agree with you that he got off light, but, I mean, at the same time, I do do also understand that the Justice League making him the official mascot kind of did ruin his life. (laughs) I would have fucking loved it. I would have loved he's it. Not getting, hey, mate, he's, he wasn't getting paid to be their mascot, well, and then he pretty much couldn't get a job. Well, I, I would be getting paid. Like, I would negotiate a deal to get some money, and I would have... St- if, if, if this was yeah, me, no, Rich... because it's just so easy to negotiate money. If yeah, if, if this was me, Rich, I would have been set up in the, in, the, in the satellite HQ. I would have been living there, night and day. And um, No, this wasn't. This was when they were in um, uh, Happy Harbour. Right. In the mountain. Okay, so this is he, he was a member prior to the satellite, right? Correct. He was when they were in the mountain in Happy But I wouldn't Harbor, have left. Yeah. I would never have left, is what I'm saying. The mistake he made was leaving them. That was the mistake he made, Rich. My you know? goodness. I don't know how your brain works sometimes. <laughs> I, really I would I never have left. I would never have left. It would have been awesome. And plus, I liked the way he was always snapping. It was cool. Um, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, snapping was cool back then. You know, like... He was one of the original guys doing a lot of the snapping of fingers and stuff. Like Sinatra saw, Sinatra used to snap his fingers to get people to do, to do things for him. He used to snap his fingers, do this, do that for me. Light me, do this, you know, give me a drink. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the mistake Snapper Car made was not just in betraying them, but leaving them in the first place. Am I being too harsh on Snapper? I, th- I think you're not, not necessarily being too harsh. I think you are... Um, 
I don't think you've quite seen what what his life was like. <laughs> uh, you've you've kind of rose tinted his life in the way that you imagine it should have been. He was also Not the way it actually was for him. <laughs> All right. He was also a character in the Hourman comic book, which actually I know that Adam the computer really likes Hourman. Um, and I think we can probably do an hour man at, at some point on the show. We did we did one issue once uh, on Adam's recommendation. I really enjoyed it. Uh, did you ever see that? It was from ninety nine to April two thousand one. Rich, did you ever catch that comic? Uh, hour man. Mm, yes. Uh, no shit. Maybe very, I'm very late '90s. Very late '90s. It was it was a um, spin off of the hour man character in Justice League JLA. The Grant Morrison, he had our man. In yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I did, I did read that one. You were, you're talking about the robot our man. I think so. The Android, yeah. yeah. The Android yeah. our man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Snapper Car was in that as well. So look, mm. I, I'm giving these two comics together nine out of ten. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, where were you, Rich? Um, not that high, but I would probably say eight out of ten. That's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, it's 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 very good, and it's got again, it's got Doctor Light in it. It's got the key in it. Um, it's got uh, uh, Shaw, uh, yeah. the, the Manhunter, um, uh, in it. Uh, you know, you've got uh, a good team in the Justice League. You know, with obviously your main ones, but then you've also got Red Tornado. Yeah. Uh, you know, Green Arrow. What do you Arrow, think of Black Red Terry. Tornado? I, I don't like Red Tornado. I, I, he's like the I, vision I, to me. I like him. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't. I like his concept, and I certainly like his powers, and I like how some you know uh, it's it's aesthetically pleasing to me. But it is tricky because I don't think a lot of people have handled his his character very well. I right. think a lot of the, the problem with him being the android and no emotions and all that sort of stuff is that um, uh, not many people have managed to. Um, Make him interesting. Yeah, if, I was going to say. You know what I mean? Like, I think he could be me. a very interesting character. It's always like, is he a human with the soul of a man? Like, it's like, oh, fuck, who cares? Like, Red Tornado. I don't care. But, you know, for me, he's he's like the Vision. He reminds me of Vision, actually, who I also dislike. I think I, I think you may... I think you may predate Vision. I know, but they're very similar, though. It's like it's always like the robot. Actually, no, I think they are similar because I think he was created as a villain right. to uh, by Doctor Doctor Morrow, I think. Oh, really? T Morrow. Yeah. Uh, and he was a Justice League villain who then became a a member, uh, a hero. He okay. basically kind of reprogrammed himself. I I think. Wow, is that's pretty much the exact story of Vision. Um, vision, and I'm just now wondering who came first. I would say probably Tornado, but let's 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 look on Google. If I'm betting well, on, well, I mean, but... to be fair, Marvel does have a uh, a history of borrowing. Yeah, well, Stan, <laughs> from... you know, Stan didn't uh, uh, you know, care too much. Red Tornado, you write about um... 1961, no, 1960. So that would you'd think that would be before Stan did um, Vision. Because oh, we, for sure. Vision yeah. would have been probably 70, 70s, yeah. maybe mid-70s, I would say. I will say Red Tornado, um, he's in some things I like. He, he, I believe in, in some of the more, they're not recent now, but the Justice League of the early 2000s, there were some decent Red Tornado stories and stuff. Like, he's interesting enough. I just, and he was quite good in this, but it was a good reveal by him, and I do want to call out that page 
I thought it was really good, and I wanted to get your view, Rich, as a artist, um, a comic book artist. The one where it's revealed by Red Tornado, and then you have the full text page with um, the, not full text. You have the picture of Privateer and the kind of weird dialogue and lettering that tells the whole story, which I thought was a really interesting choice. Um, do you know the page I'm talking about? It's the second last page of the book where he basically confesses. Um, and it's kind of got weird lettering and stuff. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that? I, I thought that was a really interesting method. I, I, I kind of dug it, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I mean, it's nothing like super duper, but yeah, it was a nice touch for yeah, sure. Yeah, I thought it was. I, thought, I just thought um, it was cool, you know. Yeah. No. Again, it was a very nice touch. I mean, in fact, you you could almost read it and not even like realize. Yes. Uh, like it almost just be almost just like you take it in subconsciously but uh no it's good and again i i quite like the um the twist yeah, I in, too. In, in the tail and all that sort of stuff with uh the it's almost like a scooby-doo mission yes it was yeah. really you know sure it was really the man and the corrupt landlord you know and i would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you damn red tornado the damn kids yeah 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 and your justice league like, <laughs> no it was it wasn't it was really interesting. and by it, the way that privateer is horrendous, by the way. That what a terrible like I'm I'm glad that that's not that didn't become an actual character because that was really bad. Did, was did, so bad. Had he actually lost an eye? Like No, it's it's, it's just part of the costume. <laughs> right, yeah. So I was like, did he lose an eye or, or not? Like I don't remember him. No, he was he was so dedicated to the privateer costume that he he put an eye patch on, even though it, it hampered his vision. He was playing such deep cover. Now, I do want to say, on a happy note as well, this um, volume uh, the, that we've been doing, because I've read all the Steve Englehart Justice League in preparation for the interview, um, that they're all included in the uh, the omnibus I just got, Rich. So how fortuitous was that? So nice. when I when I went to read them, I was like, oh, I can actually read these on the omnibus and get the nice, fresh colour that they've got, you know, colourised and... It was a great experience, man. Like, I, I, I got to be honest, I, I've said it before on the show, but Jesus Christ, I like DC in the Bronze Age. You know? it's a There's there's a lot of fucking oh. gold in the Bronze Age, frankly. You know? Mm. Like, it's, you know, bronze is a lesser metal <laughs> than gold, but that's ironically. A lot, of, a lot of gold in that bronze. There is, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Now, um, so you gave it 8 out of 10, I gave it 9. Now, Rich, we come to Trade of the Week, and can I just say, before we even start, you, Guardians 3000... Sometimes I said to Michelle, I don't know where Rich gets these from. Like, did you reach into a lucky dip and select? What made you pick Guardians 3000? Because I've never been less excited to start a title. And that's I'm not giving away what I thought of the read, but it just seems such a random pick, Rich. Like, what brought you to suggest Guardians 3000 well, for the show? one, because it was written by uh, Dan Abnett. Sure. Um, yep. And he's very good at doing sort of more darker Yes. Um, uh, action type stuff and all that, you know, because he's done a lot of Warhammer stuff, and yeah. uh, also because it was um, it was based on it was a it was a 2017, mm. and it was a the original Guardians of the Galaxy, the right um, uh, Charlie 27 and uh, Starhawk, and, and you know the characters that. But I didn't even uh, think you were a Marvel guy. I didn't think you were even a Marvel guy. So how would you even know about this? 
Well, that's the thing. I'm not a massive Marvel guy, but I'm I the Marvel stuff I do like tends to be the peripheral stuff. Right. Okay. The uh, you know like the like the Nova. Yeah. Or I like the galactic stuff. You know, I like the space stuff. Um, uh, you know, Hercules. Sure. Um, you know, so I, I like Marvel, but I'm more of a peripheral Marvel guy where I like the outsiders. I like the, the, I like the it, things yeah. that are not super popular. So had you read this ever, or was this completely fresh? No, it's it's I knew of it because obviously I did start reading uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the, 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 the comic, before it became the movie, the big right. popular movie, and then they decided to change it to be, make it more like the movie. Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, I, and they touched on the original Guardians with the Yondu and Starhawk and all that sort of stuff. And when I saw this, I was just like, you know what? I I want to read this because I'm I know of these characters, but I've not read oh, okay. any anything. I've not even read any of the old stuff. So I thought, you know what? Maybe this would be a good place to start to see what it's like. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't I wasn't disappointed. It was actually a very good sci-fi read, and I I actually enjoyed it very much that i was like oh shit i really want to read volume two now i now i will come in here i have got to be honest when i i, I left it until today i left it until this afternoon lunchtime <laughs> i was like i've got to read this fucking guardian shit like and and i didn't i was just i just kept thinking to myself i barely care about the guardians normally the mm. fucking year 3000 like i i care even less but anyway i then saw dan abner and i was like well i'm a Long acknowledged Dan Abnett fan. Like, I've read a lot of his Warhammer novels. I've read, you know, plenty mm-hmm. of Dan Abnett. And to me, he's always a guy who gives me 7.5 out of 10 or better, you know? Um, which is a high compliment to give to a guy who's so prolific and often does stuff that isn't necessarily in my wheelhouse, but I just think he's a good writer. Read it, read it fast. One thing I'll say for you, Rich, you always get a point from me for you pick short, fast reads, and that always brings you an extra point no matter what, because I appreciate that. You're not like me, well, who picks overly long or dense reads. Well, as I said, you know me, and I actually hate word salad. <laughs> yeah. I I, dis, I despise reading book. I, I despise reading a comic where I feel like I'm reading a novel. Yes, I know, and that is a weakness of mine, frankly. But anyway, so I love that you pick a short read, and you know what? Yeah, I agree with you. I did actually enjoy it. Like, and I barely understood what was going on, but the way that it it sort of moved and but by the end, and this is a good sign, by the end when you saw them go to the hunger and it was Galactus' shadow you could see visually, um, I was like, wow, I, I, I thought the next issue was going to carry on inside the book. And I was like almost disappointed that <laughs> the trade was over. Now, that's a sign that I enjoyed it, you know, like, because I start, when I started it, I was pretty cynical, Rich. I was like, oh, Rich has really plucked some crap this time, like... And, and, and I made a joke to Michelle. I said, I guarantee you Richard just put his hand in a fucking jar, pulled out Guardians 3000 and out of just randomly. Like, But no, I it, it was entertaining. Um, it was kind of a cool sort of time loop story. Um, it was in the future. It reminded me a bit of Star Wars Legacies, you know, where they go into the future, but it's connected a bit to the past, but not overly connected, you know, because it's so far out. Um, and I mean that as a compliment. So, yeah, it's it, the art didn't let it down. Um, I, I'd give it a solid seven point five out of ten. Solid seven point five. Like, I could be argued yeah. higher. I, I, yeah, for me, a good. It was a good read, Rich. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I had to, it, it flowed well. There wasn't too much time spent on exposition or yeah. info dump. 
No. Um, uh, and lots of good action in it as well. Um, very interesting setting because obviously it's in the future where Earth has basically been like wiped out. Yes. Uh, it's been conquered, but then again, so have the so have the Shi'ar, so have um, and you can tell that this is that Star Lord is like the original Star Lord before they um, uh, uh, Chris Pratted him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the in, in the comics, um, but it was just interesting because like basically the entire galaxy has, has pretty much been wiped out. I mean, even Galactus is in. Oh, he's, yeah. he's in slumber, slumber mode. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's all over, uh, basically, isn't it? But Not really, what I found so interesting, yeah, is that there's something wrong because they feel like it's a never-ending battle, and mm. the truth is, is that yes, there's something wrong with time. Yeah. So every time they basically win, it's like it resets. Yeah. And they they yeah. they keep fighting, and then they find this anomaly, this chick who's <clears throat> a gene something, and um, you know she's supposed to be able to see. Yes. The differences, because at one point, Starhawk goes from being a man to a woman. Yes. And no one seems to notice. Except, like, except wait, the you girl. Were, you were a man, and everyone's like, what? Are you crazy? And she's like, uh, no, I was literally just talking to a man. And <laughs> like, I've got a question. I've got a question, Rich. Who was the character <laughs> who turned up? I think her name was Nikki. She sort of turned up late in the piece. Who I was think that? she's a new character, but what they're doing is, because of the time problems, mm. is she seems to know them but they don't know her right because again time is all mucked up and is changing so obviously time has changed to where this person was a member got you so it's very it's very timey wimey isn't it it's very timey wimey for one of the better yeah yeah Uh, and there's some uh, some evil ai running around that was made by tony stark yeah that was cool Um, you call themselves the a sentience or something like that um uh, again, just very interesting, and, and I love the I love the design, and I like the characters of the Guardians yes. uh, of the Galaxy. These original guys, I just think they're so they're so interesting looking. You know, yeah. like the design of them is is really cool. I think. Rich, you're a hundred percent right. Like you, you honestly, this is and this is a credit to Dan Abnett, obviously, in the art team, but also to you. You pick something where you're betting against the fucking house with me because this I don't really care about Guardians. I certainly don't care when it's a U3000 and they're involved. And I don't particularly enjoy Marvel Cosmic. None of these things are my cup of tea. But I read it and I was like, this is actually a pretty good comic. Like, put your pre- <laughs> preconceived bullshit to one side, Dave. Um, I enjoyed it. Like, yeah, I actually would say to, to readers, if, if, I, if I had a young cousin or something... Um, and wanted to introduce them to sort of a bit more of a crazy sci-fi style Marvel thing, I wouldn't mind slipping them a copy of this because I think you can read it and just enjoy it. And, you know, no one talks about this. I've, ne- I've never heard anyone mention this comic ever. And um, yeah. I don't know, what, what era was it, Rich? Was it back in the early 2000s or is it more recent? No, no, it actually, uh, 2017. Oh, okay, so um, it's relatively I, I quite recent. It came out, so it's, oh, yeah, okay. it's like four, four years ago. Like, so it's... It's fairly okay. recent, yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't that I did not know that. I had no idea what kind of time period it was talking about. Obviously, I knew it was within the last twenty years, given it's Dan Abner. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had no 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 idea. No, I I very much enjoyed it. I think it's one of uh, like in terms of you know, it's very easy to, p- to pick a classic and you know what you're going to get. But this was a long shot. You were betting against the house. You're betting against Dave, who doesn't care about fucking cosmic Marvel. And, but it wasn't that cosmic. It was more kind of sort of gritty. It was almost a bit Warhammerish at times. 
Yes, um, well, that's what I said. Like, um, when I saw it and I knew it was Dan Abnett, and I knew he does, is he's famous for doing more darker yeah. um, stuff. And, and let's be honest, it is it is fairly dark. I mean, you've mm. got, like, slaves and, you know, at, uh, and one point, you know, there's lots of violence and action. And, sure. you know, you've got one of the Guardians who's flash freezing half of them and burning the other half to a crisp because he's basically, he's got both those powers. He's oh, basically, yeah. like, uh, fires... Um, Firestorm? No. Yeah, Firestorm and um, a mixture of sort of almost like Iceman and Pyro and stuff like that, you know? No, uh, I can't believe I'm Human thinking Torch? Of, uh, I'm Human Torch? Other. That's it, sorry. Yeah, he's basically like Iceman and Human Torch combined. Yeah, yeah. But with their powers like dialed up to like 10, Yeah. like even colder and hotter than they do, you've got this character who's basically like Captain America but also has uh, like... Uh, Psychic powers, you know, like uh, not telepathy. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got like telepathy yeah, and Personic blast and stuff like that. Sonic yeah. blast. Yeah, you no. Know, um, and then you've got Yondu and uh, kind of, you know, what's funny is there's actually, it's almost like they're not, while they're called Guardians of, of the Galaxy, mm. it's almost like they're the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Because definitely. you've got Yondu who's kind of like your Hawkeye, you know, you've got um, uh, uh, Charlie 27 who's like your Hulk. Yeah, you know, character the big brute. You've got um, uh, fuck, I forgot the guy's name, but the guy who's basically Captain America. You know what I mean? And so, I kind of feel like it's 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 this really cool thing where some of them are original, but some of them are, are kind of like um, uh, versions of Avengers as well. And it's like this really cool combination of just like seeing that um, archetype in a different yeah, man, for uh, sure, but of a different setting, different light. But yeah, I I must be honest, like. I was like, oh, this could be good. But yes, I had the same reaction as you. <laughs> I was just thoroughly enjoying it. And when I got to the end, I was like, oh, fuck, no, I want to read more. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, you, I was like, oh, fuck, it's finished. Damn it. Yeah, but like the good thing is I assume there must be another volume at least because they're going into the Galactus story. And um, I'll have to look into that. So, yeah. Yeah, take a look into that. Now, I, I um, you know what? I'm going to reschedule. I'm going to go to eight. I, I actually did enjoy it. And... It had to fight hard against my own preconceived notions against it kind of thing. Like, you know, and that can be... And I always try to, to sort of, you know, be open-minded and everything. But it can be hard because I'm not a Marvel Cosmic guy and and I don't care about the Guardians, you know, in the comics. Like, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? And yet, this made me care. And I think Dan Abnett, again, like, this guy, I swear to God... They should put this guy on some bigger books because he constantly gets the shit books, in my opinion. Like, he gets the shit characters like the fucking Guardians and the Guardians 3000 and fucking... It never seems like he gets the major guys. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd almost say put him on Superman, you know? Um, uh, yeah, sorry, this actually came out 2015 and I don't think there is a second volume. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I maybe we got, never. I think it got canned after. We never got to see go to Galactus. I... Oh, actually, no. Wait, there might not be another volume, but it looks like there was definitely eight issues, and I think okay. what we read was five, six tops. Yes. No, I think it was so... four. I actually think it might have been four, Rich. Actually. Um... Well, that, okay, fair enough. Five, okay, four, four or five tops. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I, well... I'll probably go into like a uh, comicsology and see if I can just uh, read the, the last. Three or four issues just to, to finish it out. And, but, but do you uh, agree with what I'm saying? Put Dan Abnett on a major... Put him on Legion or put him on Superman. Yeah, give Dan Abnett his due. 
Oh shit! Put oh fuck yeah! Put Legion. Jesus, yes. I mean, bit of a you know darker Legion. Again, not not super dark, not super violent, but you know yeah. a little bit more, a little bit more mature, a little bit more um, you know um, adult themes. Maybe I, I could I could be down for that because I mean you know I mean that's what Levitz did. Well, uh, and Dan Amnett and Andy Lanning did do Legion. They did Legion Lost back in the day. You know. And all yeah, that that's stuff. what I'm saying. Give me, give me some more of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that a bit more darker, doing dealing with like shit that's like real. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll be down, definitely down for that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's so many titles that Dan Abner could could pretty much do, and I think he could do a great. I totally agree. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Dan Abner on my list of guys to we try to get on the show. Why not? You know, I haven't uh-huh. I haven't really explored it because we could talk about Warhammer. We could talk about plenty of things. We could talk about his Marvel stuff. Um, you know, whatever we can talk about, Resurrection Man. We, there's plenty of things we could talk about with uh, Dan Abnett, and I would be happy to talk to Dan, Dan Abnett about them, frankly. Um, now, yeah. Rich, next week is going to be a very special episode of Signal of Doom. I have held yeah, off that. reading Superman Secret Origin the entire. I've bought the hardcover. I've had it waiting till we're going to do it on the show. We're finally doing it next week. Adam, the computer is going to come on. And uh, obviously a big Superman fan, and I think we're going to have the time of our life, Rich. Um, I think we will. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's a good, it's a good read. I mean, really uh, I know some people don't think it's that good, and look, I mean, I don't think it's going to set the, I don't think it's going to set anyone's worlds on fire. But I think it's a good retelling of, uh, of just some of the pivotal moments in in Superman's sort of origin. Do you uh, do you prefer it to birthright or do you, sort of do you prefer it to birthright or or do you prefer um, birthright to secret origin? Is it a close thing? I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'm actually a. F- I love birthright back in the I might, day. I might have to. I'm, I maybe might have to answer that next. Okay. Yeah. Next week, when I, I'll need to think about that as to which one I would recommend. Like, if I had to recommend only one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Birthright's a good, uh, a good comic. I, I just, I've read that one. And I own it in hardcover. It's one of the first hardcovers I ever bought, and I, I must. I mean, really liked it. I might give it to the Secret Origins just because it's that it's this great combination of Jeff Johns, uh, you know, and he, he brings in the Legion and all that, but also the artist Gary Frank. Uh, yeah. Gary Frank. He just. He's got a, he he makes him look like uh, Christopher Reeves. Yeah, which that's cool. I just it also just gives it that bit of charm as well, which ties it a bit more to the Richard Donner stuff. Like I don't know, it just maybe overall I might give it to to, to Secret Origin just for like also the art and making it look like Christopher Reeves and all that. Yeah, cool. Well, that'll be next week, and and I'm really looking forward to it to be honest. And it'll be fun to have Adam on. It was fun uh, today doing Legion Outpost with him, wasn't it? Yeah, no, no, it was great. It was a, yeah. it was a blast. Yeah, it's always a good time. Um, well, I want to say thank you to all the listeners. Um, we we had a few tiny little technical glitches, but they were all cured. I, at one point today, Rich, I almost thought we'd lost about fucking half the show, and turns out we'd only lost about ten <laughs> seconds. Like that, that's a, when you think, oh my god! I, I thought we've we've done half an hour and it hasn't recorded, and then I checked that it was like the last ten seconds, and I was like, well, that was mostly me filling as well, so it was good. So. The, the audience missed out of 10 seconds of Thank me God, doing filler. Thank God, there's no take twos. <laughs> there's, there's no take twos. I don't remember what I say half the time after I say it. So <laughs> There's no take twos in life, Rich. We hit record and we just go. You know, the editing process is... <laughs> exactly. The editing... Pro- about three times in single history, I've said something where I'm like, 
you know, even me, I'm like, you know what? Maybe best that doesn't make the public arena. <laughs> That's fair enough. When I think that, it usually means it's very wrong. When I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's best that Dave leaves that one on the shelf. (laughs) Um, You know what? I'll be honest with you. Self-censoring is the only censoring I approve of. Thank you, Richard. I I totally agree with you, by the way. Um, Look, it's it's up to every person to decide what they want to have out there, not not anyone else's business. I totally agree. Uh, look, on that note, I want to thank Rich and I want to thank the listeners. Please uh, like us on Facebook and uh, if you can, you know, spare a dollar per month for the Patreon, it's much appreciated. Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Uh, you get exclusive content there. And uh, thank you and good night. Good night. Hope you keep enjoying the show. Mm-hmm.